been seen with Farah. I've never. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A Team. Schlock boob tube. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to episode 15 of Schlocker Night. Today is a very special boob tube episode where we are traveling to the edge of the TV land universe to watch and discuss a little show about two ex-moonshining parolees who are constantly on the run from the law, and this was somehow translated into a family show. Do you believe in miracles? Because I do. Head on over and twat with us on Twitter at the Schlockernaut and send us some of that newfangled electric mail with your henpecking or gossiping at schlockernaut at gmail.com. Giving us a five-star rating over on iTunes would be much appreciated. Thank you. Steve, how's it going? What's up, man? Hey, how was that? I can't do East Coast, apparently, but was I that, can do Southern. I can was do that Twang. Jesse, I'm mean, sorry, was that Uncle Jesse or was that the No, that's me. Oh, that's just me. you. Okay, okay. Just make sure I, I, I wasn't, wasn't doing it. I mean, <laughs> when I go back to the South and I recharge my accent a little bit, get that Twang back on, I can, I can do that. I like now, it. Now, my friends back there are going to say that it, that was awful, so uh, I can't please everybody, right? Well, they can send in some voice recordings so that we can fix it. Okay, sure. A little reprogramming? Right on. I'm excited about this, man. We haven't done this one before, so. Dukes of Hazard, Season 7, Episode 15, and I think it was called A Stranger Visits Hazard? Wrong. You're <laughs> uh, five seconds in or are you giving out bad information? Damn it, so, what is it? It was Strange Visitor, uh, <clears throat> Strange Visitor to Hazard. Yeah, Season 7, Episode 15. I got mine on disc from Netflix, and what'd you do with yours? Um, I watched it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Oh, is it full streaming on YouTube? Sure, yeah. Oh, nice. I have ways of seeing stuff. We don't have to talk about that. All right, I got you, I got you. <laughs> and I, I definitely, uh, this was a trip back in memory lane for me, and I watched more than one episode. I don't know if you did, but uh, man, whew, oh, yeah. the Dukes, man. It's crazy, right? So this show was on from 1979 to 1985, and I guess kind of like uh, another show I've been watching recently, The Goldbergs, uh, it originally started out a little bit more, um, I don't know, rough around the edges, if you will. And over time, they wanted to make it a little bit more kid-friendly, so they kind of smoothed out some of those rough edges so it could be a family show. You know what I mean? Kids yeah, can enjoy it. I read that, too, and I saw some of the changes in the characters from watching it, too. Yep. All right. Can we do uh, – can I talk about some of the people in the show? Let's talk about the people in the show, and then we'll fake sponsor it. How about that? Let's do fake sponsors first. Go okay, ahead. so I messed this up because you had sent me some, and I forgot to cap them. So to, to – uh, Make up for that. I did two fake sponsors. I'm going to give you both, and you can choose which one you like best and take it for yourself. Just so everybody knows, they're missing out on a really rad uh, Thundercats commercial. You right totally now. are. You totally are. And instead, you're getting original writing from Steve. So here we go. Okay. The first one is Daisy's Cutoff Jeans, helping guys get through puberty since the 80s. Or, okay. That's A, and I'll give you B. Daisy's Cutoff Jeans... If they were any shorter, you may see Cooter. Can I get a C? No, man. Come on. <laughs> Those were brilliant, dude. <laughs> B was really good. B was good. I like the uh, play on uh, Cooter. Okay. You're taking B? I just thought it was kind of weird. Like, there was a character named Cooter and Enos. Ah, oh, yeah, you're right. Is, is, is that my only one who's going down that pathway? It went, as a kid, that never occurred to me, but yeah. I can never. Going with not that. at all. All right. So let anyway, me, uh, uh, we're going to do my little game again where... 
Um, you picked the one they did for the payday, and I think you you said you were going to work up some really cool names for the the segment, right? Yeah, but you shot them all down. My my favorite one was uh, Pick Doc Stinker, but you didn't like that. No, that's not what <laughs> you said. Oh wait, wait, you're right. That's a new one. I just came up with that. <laughs> was it was it Nail Doc Stinker? Was that not it? Yeah, it was Nail Doc Stinker. And definitely not. That one. <laughs> what about Fine Doc Stinker? None of those are working, right? <laughs> no. How about pick the payday? I uh, picked the payday. I like because yeah. mine was uh, what was mine? Uh, one in the stink and two to make you think. <laughs> See, we were all <laughs> off track. Let's go with pick the payday movie. I like that. All better. right, sounds good, man. <laughs> all, right. all right, so uh, this is not a complete listing of what they're doing. I just threw out some stuff out there. I want you and the listeners at home to kind of maybe figure out which one they did just for the payday. And I could be totally wrong. I'm picking these straight off the titles of the movie. Some of them I have not seen. And this is. This is completely subjective. It's not based on uh, reviews, review score, or money made, right? This is just what we think would have been, stupid, right? stupid that we thought would be funny. So okay. we'll see. Got it. Whenever everybody tells us it's not, we will stop. Okay. Um, so Tom Wopat, he played Luke. Yeah. And uh, he was in Django Unchained, Meteorite, Smallville, and Jonah Hex. G- give me those one more time. Django Unchained. Okay. Meteorite, Smallville, and Jonah Hex. It's got to be Meteorite, right? Uh, actually, you're wrong. It's Meteorite and Jonah Hex, because if you've seen that turd of a movie... I, I have, and it was know. bad, yeah. So that was kind of a trick question. I okay. apologize. Okay. But Meteorite was one of them. Uh, John Schneider played Bo. Yeah. Um, so you have Cocaine Wars, Ministry of Vengeance, Night of the Twisters, and Shark Swarm. Ooh, man, those are all good. I'm going to go Shark Swarm? All of them. Okay. okay. <laughs> trick question number two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Catherine Box, she played Daisy. Uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Nicole, Cannonball Run 2, and Hawaii Five-0. First of all, it's the second one, and don't you tell me it's Hawaii Five-0. I don't say Oh, it. it's Nicole. I know you, okay. you have great reverence for that hunk of shit show. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched Cannonball Run 2 the other day also. Oh, cool. I haven't seen that one in years, man. I have to get back into that. You know, I've never watched one Hawaii, Hawaii Five-0 show either, so I can't really speak uh, on it with at any length. We will do one at some point in time then. Okay. All right. Is there going to be one where... Uh, they jumped the shark too. Is there one where they have an alien? Or oh, something? I'm sure, dude. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we got a big list. I mean, if this turns out good and we get good response from it, we have a huge list of really bad TV shows where they just they have an episode that's it's kind of like this a one off where they did like something what happened? yeah completely out of out of the ordinary. So it's pretty great. All right, so Denver Pyle he played Uncle Jesse, um, Escape to Witch Mountain, Bonnie and Clyde, The Twilight Zone. Men into space. Men into space. None of those. He's a respected actor. What's wrong with uh, you, man? Okay, good. All <laughs> trick questions. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay. So uh, James Bess, he played Roscoe. Do you know his real name? I looked it up and I didn't write it down. What is it? Jewel Franklin Guy. Oh, that's great. That's awesome, right? I think yeah. I would have stuck with that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Unique. But I mean, when you're, when you're looking for the best, right? Call James. James Best, baby. All right. So he's got Forbidden Planet. The Savage Bees, Enos, and Return of the Killer Shrews. Return of the Killer Shrews? I'm going to say yes. I okay. haven't seen that one, but I'm just going to say yes. Got it. And then you have Sorrel Book, who played Boss Hog, and he was in um, What's Up Doc, Kung Fu, Freaky Friday, and Full House. Full House. Yep. Nailed it. What's it? His last name is Brooks, isn't it? Book. Sorrel Book. I'm pretty sure it's Brooks. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Should I check the old IMDb's? Yeah, check it. 
Wait, I have it pulled like, up. I have it pulled up. This is, this will make great uh, radio, like just us yeah. clicking on the computer. It'd Can you play fun. something in the background? Uh, where's my damn pants? There we go. It's book. You're right. B-O-O-K-E. I wrote it down okay. wrong. So twice in uh, just the intro of the show. So you're on top of your game. No edits. No edits, bro. Direct <laughs> to drive, baby. All Sweet. Right. Was that all you got? Yep. Now these old schlockernaut boys are going to be diving deep into a pond here in Hazard County. This show is going to be spoiled worse than the eggs in Uncle Jesse's sack. Wow! <laughs> you might. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you a little. I'm gonna give you a little behind the scenes there. I wrote that for him. <laughs> you probably couldn't tell, right? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure uh, Sledge was really happy to read that. Thank you very much, though, Sledge. King Thanks, Sledge. Bud. Thanks, bud. <laughs> oh, and I did forget one person, and I and I don't know how I could do this. Um, the visitor. He wasn't a regular on the show. He was uh, credited as the visitor in this particular episode. Um, his name is Felix Sela. And he was in a little movie that uh, you and I have been looking to check out for a long time. We haven't seen it in a, in a minute. Under the Rainbow. Under the Rainbow. I wrote that down as well. Yeah. Meatballs Part Two as the alien. Yep. He was in uh, Spaceballs as Dink. Yep. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff, man. I mean, he's all over. So kudos if, to him. If I could give you a couple more on him, some of my favorites. Uh, okay, Twiggy, obviously. Twiggy from. Uh, Buck Rogers, BDB to beat that dude. Uh, yep. Like you said, Dink. He was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He was cousin It in the Adams family. I had no idea. Yep. He was in wow. HR Puffin stuff, if you remember that show from a little mm-hmm. before our time. But get this, dude. He was in Kentucky Fried Movie, a movie we did. Yep. Crazy Clown, right? In Crazy the Catholic Clown. High School Girls That's in right. Trouble. Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, wow. He was. He's in a ton of other stuff besides those are just some of my favorites. Uh, dude is still alive, man. 79 years old. Yep. So good for him. Kudos man. to him, man. Good Kudos him. to him. Genre staple, yep. if you will. Uh, born right, in Italy, so, I think, yeah, too. What's that? Born in Italy, I think, if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, right. So the show opens with a montage um, of what the show had in store. And I, I remember this, man, because, like, um, everybody's getting settled down, getting ready to watch a show, and you would always have the recap, and it would show you pretty much the entire episode in, like, 20 seconds. Right, yeah, little clips, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it always consisted of the same thing, like, uh, Daisy um, uh, assaulting an officer, basically, uh, yeah. basically beating up James Best, um, a car crashing, a jump of some sort, Boss Hog getting angry, and, and I think, actually, in this episode, they showed the alien in the first 20 seconds. If you got a formula that works, man... You keep using that formula. That's what I always say. Yeah, but I mean, what a spoiler, right? I mean, holy crap. The show's supposed to be kind of like about discovering an alien. They show it in the intro, so it's not a secret. They're definitely going to stumble upon an alien in this in this episode. Or maybe that was the hook. Maybe that's to keep you going. Back in those days, it was different marketing where they, they gave you so much of it just to keep you keep you there. Yeah, this isn't like you could download it or you could binge watch it. I mean, you were there for the hour. You weren't recording it. I think this was before even like a lot of people were using VCRs to record TV shows and whatnot. Yeah, the reason that we kind of picked this episode, I found it on a list of like top 10 Jump the Shark episodes, but uh, almost everybody that I talked to, all my friends, I said, we're going to do a Dukes of Hazard. Everybody was pumped. Everybody remembers the Dukes. It was a staple as a child for if you're our age. Nobody, not one person remembered this episode. And I would bring up the fact that this is pre-internet, so you didn't even know what season you were watching half the time. You never had a list. You never could, there was nothing no. to reference. The, the TV guide would always show, like it would give a dissertation of what the the episode was about, um, but it never said like what season right. it was from or anything like that. If it was a rerun or not, I think sometimes they started to put like RR for rerun, right? 
Yeah, and when, there would be you know one season where it was new and one season where you're getting the syndicated show, but you never had a full outline of I've, you, where you could check them off. I've seen one through seven. That just didn't exist. So who knows? I, I bet if I went back and watched all of these, I probably didn't even see half of them. And I thought I saw them all when I was a kid. I just want to start with the Coy and Vance episodes because I always preferred them. <laughs> oh, that's one of my <laughs> trivia questions. What a jerk. <clears throat> Sorry. All right, um, so, dude, this show was super popular in Tennessee. I mean, people would lose their minds. When I was in elementary school, um, a 1969 was a Challenger, right? A Charger. Charger, yeah. It was a 1969 Dodge Charger painted just like the General Lee would come by. Um, the Dixie horn would go off and the whole playground would lose their shit. Yeah, right. I mean, literally, <laughs> it would go crazy. It was like uh, the president had walked by the school. Right, right. You yeah. know, and this, you know how happy that had to have made that dude, right? Just driving oh, by yeah. and giving the kids a little little something, something. It's great, man. Yeah. Or do you think maybe he was like uh, creeping on the kids' playground? <laughs> it could be a little both, you know? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like one side was painted as Dukes and the other side had like free candy. For, on free, the side hugs. Or <laughs> free hugs. <laughs> Have you seen my puppy? Um, That's great. So I'm going to say this too. The Wailing Jennings, uh, Wailing Jennings intro to this show is probably the most instantly recognizable um, theme song from any television show ever. I have multiple friends that use it as a ringtone. Uh, I mean, it's... It's right up there with Knight Rider, which is real recognizable. It's it's up there with a bunch of the ones we played. Uh, Sledge helped me make that intro, by the way, which uh, thank you for that, Sledge. Thank you again, uh, King Sledge. A lot of those instantly take you back when you hear it. Just it, recognizable within the first couple seconds of hearing it. And this is one of them, easily. Easily. I, I, can you name any other uh, theme song that gets you like that? Uh, off the top of my head, no. I bet you if I thought long enough, I could come up with something, but not off the top of my head. I mean, like some of them, you hear them, you got to think for a second, like, oh, that's the A team, or that's Alf, or um, you know, those are those are nowhere near to me what this show, this show soundtrack is. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It was an actual song sung by an actual musician. It wasn't you know produced somewhere for a theme song. And do you know? I guess uh, later on he added um, a verse in there where he talks about. How come they only show me from the top down and never show my face? Dude, you are killing my trivia questions. All right. Yeah. I'll, re- <laughs> I'll read it to you later in the show. You know what? How about this? Let's get through the show, and then we'll we'll give all our Dukes tidbits at the end, because I think it'll be a short one, so we'll have a lot of time to, to talk about what the Dukes meant to us uh, in the day, you know? Okay, so you're saying if I have some trivia to work in throughout the episode, you would like me to not do that? I'd like you to pepper it in, and then we'll have a whole Duke-related conversation at the end of the show. Okay. All Sounds right. good. Um, so anyway... Um, the show starts with uh, Bo, Luke, and Daisy. They're driving down the uh, dirt road, which I guess there was no pavement except for in town, like the actual city proper of Hazard. Yeah. Uh, because they were always on those old back roads that half of them were closed down uh, because of construction or the road was closed for some reason. But I always wondered, I wondered this, like, was that a, like a machine that shook the car like that? Or was it like two of the key grips or a gaffer down at the axles, like just pumping that thing up and down? Yeah, so you get two shots of the car, like some stuntman or maybe John Schneider um, driving, but those are faraway shots, and then you get the close-up of the car with like a fake background going by, right? Or maybe not even right. fake background, but it's getting towed, I would guess. It's a real background. No, no, no. There's towed. no way that car is outside doing anything. It was fake. Oh, dude, there's a... It's an, it's an obvious like projection, right? Okay. And so there's then, like, two dudes there's wind blowing jumping through their hair. The yeah. For some reason, they don't have the windows. I don't know if that was ever explained why the General Lee does not have windows and they have to jump in because the doors are well to shut because it's a race car, maybe? That's because it's a race um, car, yeah. That's exactly why. Okay. Um, but you never ever notice they're like going down dirt roads or in pursuits. There's dust everywhere and nothing's ever coming through the window. They're not getting like, they're not 
not like talking about you know the route they're going to take to escape from from Boss Hog and, and uh, Sheriff Roscoe Pico training while they're doing it, like inhale a fly, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which I think would be hilarious. I mean, dude, have you seen some of those bugs? If you get smacked in the face with those things, it's going to do some damage, right? But yeah. that, never, that never happens. It would be funny, though, for like an outtake. Um, so anyway, um, they're driving down the street. They While they're driving, um, I don't know how they could ever hear a radio over the sound of the engine, the windows being down. They're doing like 80 miles an hour. Uh, but they hear a news report of an alien uh, possibly in Hazard County. Right. Right. And dude, the DJ's voice is so Weasley. I automatically think of like a little person. Yeah. It, it, he so didn't have the classic DJ voice. Not even close. Wasn't booming. And uh, when he did those uh, pig oinks later, yeah. I would have fired him immediately from the show. And that He's was W H O G G, right? W Hog. <laughs> w Hog. <laughs> so, as in any um, great work of, of uh, writing, there's the skeptics, like Bo and Luke absolutely do not believe that that's happening. Right. And then you have Daisy. I don't know. There could be something to this, fellas. There there could be um, an alien out there. So now we have conflict, right? We have the two believers, or the two skeptics and the one believer. Right. Also, um, I'm going to steal this from Joan Rivers. Um, how come UFOs never land at Harvard or Yale? <laughs> uh, they always land in, a, in Hazard County or a trailer park. Why is that? Oh, that's just that's just uh, cliche writing, man. That's all that is. You think so? Yeah. Joan, on Joan Rivers' part or on the Duke's part? Uh, a good joke by Joan Rivers, uh, cliche to be used in every other movie um, from the 50s or the 30s on. It's always in the middle of the sticks, in the middle of the desert. Right. Maybe because there are no lights there. Maybe a, a city would be too lit up, so they go for the dark. Who knows? Did you notice this, too, that eight minutes into the show, the voiceover is still going and the credits are still rolling? Yeah, this was a <laughs> – I think that was a thing with a lot of these shows back in the day where they did that. They give you so much in the beginning just to keep you there. Dude, it, it drags on forever. Like, it's like uh, before you get to the first commercial break and the, still the credits are rolling across the screen. Yeah. But you're right. You got to have that hook, right? Yep. And Sledge said something really cool uh, that I wanted to bring up. So in the very beginning here, Can we keep that till the end of the show. No, this is important to the beginning. <laughs> this is important to the beginning. It's part of the show. <laughs> so they're listening to the radio in the general lead to like music, and it cuts into the the DJ saying, "Hey, we've got another alien sighting." Right. That's that's how you get the the story started. Okay. But never in the history of the General Lee have you ever heard them listening to the radio, right? In the General Lee, like this is the first time because yeah, it fits it's for the like show. It's, it's their um, – no, wasn't their music playing and then the, the guy comes across or was it just like the guy comes across with some uh, important information about aliens? Right. Right. I think happen. there was music playing shortly and then he's like – and that you know, then he cuts in and here we have another blah, blah, blah. But uh, the, Sledge put it kind of like a red shirt in Star Trek. It was really good the way he said it, and I hope I do it justice here. But they were really good about throwing in something that they act as was commonplace, like it was there every show. But it was obviously uh, just there for that show to make a point or to advance the story just for the this show's theme. Like if, uh, and again, like a red shirt in Star Trek, if you see Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Captain Franklin, and they're acting like Captain Franklin has been there the whole time, and they're talking to him, you already know that dude's going to die, or he's going to be a part of the story in some way that isn't normal. And that's the same thing with the radio station, and I watched another one earlier that had, it opened with a town ventriloquist, and it was like, oh, here's our town ventriloquist talking to the kids, and they end up using him later. On the radio? 
No, it just started with that. This one started with them listening to the radio from a station you've never heard before that was never brought up before. Like if it was yeah, something like they w did every Hall, day. It never right. been a thing, I don't think. Right. Of course, we haven't seen like the entire series, so it yeah, could have right. been mentioned. It could have. I seriously doubt it. Was it. A good, it was a good way to, to move forward the story right. in a short period of time. Right, and that's what he meant by that sledge, uh, what Sledge meant by the red shirt reference is like they introduce something that you've never seen before because it's necessary to move today's story along and then you never hear from them again. And I like that. about it too. It, it did double duty as well because that conversation could have been a two-way between uh, the Dukes and a guy on a CB, right? Yeah. But the two robbers later on have some cockamamie idea to pull a uh, War of the Worlds right. at W. Hogg, so they had to have that right. little thing happen. So they had to talk about the station before it. They couldn't just all of, all of a sudden go to the radio station. They had to discuss it before. That's exactly right, and that's what he was saying. And the one I watched before this, they opened with the town ventriloquist entertaining a group of kids at a birthday party who you've never seen before, but they're all acting like, oh, it's Jerry the ventriloquist. Everybody knows him. And later they use him to stage a haunted house to scare Boss Hogg. It's that type of thing. Right. Like it's the same ninety nine percent of the show with this one percent added, and that one percent will be the the difference or the change in the show. And that's what the radio station was uh, in this one. Well, like you'll have the robbers coming in to to rob the Eagles' nest, or you know, right. and they're just like introduced into the town. Like Hazard stays the same, but the the influx of people coming and going, creating wacky situ- situations, is changing all the right. time. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's something thrown in that's never been there before that is going to make a difference and then is going to be gone by the end of the show. And you'll never hear from right. them again. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll never see uh, the DJ from W. Hogg in any other episode. That's like the only yeah. credit, I'm sure, to his name for right. this show. Right. And I like that. I like that analogy or that uh, tying that as a red shirt where they just threw in a new crew member that you've never seen before and you're never going to see again. And it's, that was really good, right. I thought. Yeah, definitely. So did you realize that this episode was also directed by Sorrel Book? Yeah, I wrote that down. This is like nine nine minutes into the uh, episode. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm discussing it here. Uh, he's also a really good actor. Apparently, I guess, um, he's he's an Ivy League graduate. Yeah. Uh, did intelligence work during the Korean War. Um, actually wore a fat suit, which I would have never imagined in a million years. I right. had no idea that was a fat suit for his character. I didn't either until uh, reading the trivia, but I uh, brought that up to a couple of the guys and they knew it. So that was, just as a kid, I just took it as is, you know. That's big old fat boss hog. Yep. It, it, was, it fits uh, the character. Exactly. But he seems like such a buffoon. It, dude, he spoke several languages to include uh, Japanese. It's crazy, man. Which is crazy. So anyway, um, Clyde, who's a de- he's not a deputy, is he? Clyde's not a de- He's just a local yokel. Clyde? He gets on the CB and proclaims that he saw the UFO. Hey, Clyde's Enos. Um, no, that's later, isn't it? Clyde gets on there first. Enos comes later. Oh, yeah, Clyde, you're right, you're right, I'm sorry. No, Clyde's not nobody. He's uh, just another local you've never seen Another before. guy that gets on the radio, hey, boys, there's yeah. an alien out here. Right. Um, so that kind of firms up what we heard on the radio. Uh, anyway, Bo and Luke actually poke fun at him. Yes. Yeah, they're, I thought they were supposed to be cool, man. Yeah, I wrote down that this is this is the first time, I, it could have happened before, but I wrote in my notes, this is the first time I remember the Duke boys actually being kind of jerks. They were kind of a jerk to Daisy, and they were kind of a jerk to Enos. Yeah. They were they were almost mean spirited, which wasn't like them. That this one was a little different. That's because they know they're all stupid for believing in aliens. Well, yeah, you know, they had to set it up. They had to set up the <laughs> contention for sure, so that. Well, boy, are they proven know. wrong later? Right. If they had only watched the uh, intro to the show, they would have known. Yeah, they'd have seen the the, <laughs> the six minute long cut they had. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, for some reason, 
after that little uh, correspondence between the two on the CB radio, they almost run into each other in the road because Clyde, I guess, is so shooken up by having seen this UFO uh, that he's driving crazy and almost wrecks into him, which I think happens in almost every episode, right? They come around a corner and there's some car driving like an idiot. Yeah, that's the freeze frame and the balladeer and I hope them which boys I was, got wings. And burr, burr, burr. <laughs> which which uh, maybe if uh, Enos and Sheriff Roscoe Pico trained had worked a little harder and got out there and run some uh, radar out there, maybe they could have stopped that problem. Yeah, I think the the law enforcement of the town was lacking from the, from the get-go. <laughs> they were too busy trying yeah. to... Uh, listen to Boss Hog's cockamamie ideas. Yeah, that right? them running into each other was strictly a reason to show a car jump because that dude ends up hitting the side of the road and jumping a car. That's all that was. Did you notice, too, that out of like, there's nothing for five square miles in any direction, but he ends up hitting three mailboxes? <laughs> I know. I did see that. And later they do it with like two logs that are stacked on the side of the road. That's <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> there's nothing for miles around. He ends up hitting three, I mean, three mailboxes in the middle of nowhere. Is that like the guy who lives in the cave? A part of this show is is car wrecks, car jumps, and car chases. So you got to stick it in where you can. I was wondering, is that part of the stuntman's contracts too? Like uh, there has to be three to four car jumps every episode or the union, like the stuntman union would quit or – I think there was. Uh, I think they really had an outline for the show. They had a formula that they would use, and they just plug stuff in around it. And I would, I would guess that a car jump, a car chase, uh, all that stuff was kind of hard set in stone, and they worked the story around those things. It made sense because it was a hit show for a long time. Yep, I still like it too. You know, when I was a kid, though, those jumps were spectacular. But now, when they land, they just kind of like plop on the ground. And you notice, like, the axles breaking and the front end just completely getting destroyed, and then the next scene, it's perfectly fine? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I like the jumps. <laughs> they looked real. You know, they weren't, like, CGI'd, uh, you know, stupid fireworks underneath them. I still like them. Oh, I'm sure those uh, unspectacular jumps were absolutely real. Yeah, yep. I-, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> still good. All right, well, dude, uh, the Duke boys are dicks again and just leave them stranded there. Yeah, he's okay. Keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they even, like, stop. <laughs> ah, he's fine. They don't, like, get on the CB to ask him if he's all right. They're just like, well, that was close. Yep. So, uh, um, literally, it could have taken 30 seconds of their time, right? Yeah. I mean, just turn back around real fast. Um, so, the next morning, Enos has a close encounter of the nerd kind. Get it? <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> it's a fire in the sky mo- moment without the anal probing, maybe. Oh. <laughs> so, Rough. basically... He just sees it flying in the air, right? He doesn't see anything else. just sees it in the air. Lights. Yeah, that's all you see. And this is weird, too, because um, it was it was the first time I really recall seeing a, a night shot on Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah, there wasn't too many night shots. And this, you know what else on this scene I noticed was they say Enos' last name. I had never caught that before. Did you catch that? No. Enos Strait. S-T-R-A-T-E. Yeah, I'd never know, picked that up. Yeah, I don't know why, but they just said it on the CB. Like uh, he, he said, uh, "This is Enos Strait," and I was like, "Wow, that, I, if that was something, I don't remember it." Not, not a thing. Yep. I never, heard, never recalled that at all. all right, me neither. I'm glad it wasn't just me. But anyway, so he sees this fantastical thing, and this is something that drives me crazy. He starts talking to himself. Yeah, he's he, well. He's got to he's got to narrate. It's part of the acting, right? He's got to narrate yeah, how how excited that? he is. <laughs> who does that? Ah, that's great. I mean, like when you freak out, you're like, okay, Steve, let's keep it together. Um, you know, there's, 
We just saw an alien. We all saw it, okay? But we can, we can, uh, we're not going to go crazy here. We're going to go tell everybody about it, and they're going to think we're crazy, but we're good. I saw a scene. There's a scene on Futurama where, where uh, the robot devil says, you can't just tell the audience, I'm mad, this makes me angry. That kind of stuff makes me mad and angry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So it was it was basically uh, him overacting, and you know they weren't. In, in case you didn't get the point that he was scared and going crazy, he actually had to walk you through it verbally. Yeah. Uh, dude, and so here's what's great: is coincidentally, Boss Hog and Roscoe are uh, concocting a plan to bring more tourists uh, into the area to financially benefit their town. And that that pan Guess out what? shot. That pan out was funny to me, dude. That was a great joke. Did you like it? You know, that was all like, uh, what do you mean? The joke. The joke of the council meeting. Oh, it's just those two? Yeah, like it starts on Boss Hog, hit just his face like he's talking to a whole boardroom and he's like, our town is broke, people. We got to do something about this. And then they pan the camera out and it's just him and Roscoe at like this big table. <laughs> <laughs> he acted like he was explaining it to like a committee. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> <laughs> he's so stupid, dude. Uh, that's great. And what I like too is, dude, any, any, uh, um, shtick between Hog and Roscoe. Oh. I guess they were really, really good friends. Yeah, and they played well off of each other. Maybe uh, if we could get them to replace us on this show, it'd be better. <laughs> we'd have more. We'd have more <laughs> followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, we're always talking about like um, uh, Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello. Uh, we could be. I could be Boss Hog, and you could be James Best. You could be Roscoe. I would totally take that, dude. James Best is awesome. <laughs> oh shoot! I haven't been looking at the soundboard. I got a clip from Enos. Uh, actually, it's not Enos. I have a clip from the Balladeer. Enos was in a place called Skunk Hollow, which he called Skunk Holler. I like that. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I'm telling you, I like it. But uh, I wanted to get a, a clip I'm in glad here. You, you're taking my culture and you like it. I'm glad you enjoy my culture and the way we talk. I'm assimilating. Uh, it wouldn't be uh, fair of me to not have a clip of the Balladeer because he was such an integral part of the show and, and really, Absolutely. Get, really had to, that voice. So here it is. Next morning. Like oh, sorry. Do you like how he he has twangy sounds too, and he's all nasally? I like when I say "here it is," and then you, you start then you start talking when you know I'm about to play a clip. <laughs> One oh, more time. Here's the cue. Here it is. <laughs> the next morning, however, right before dawn, Enos was returning from a night patrol when he was passing Skunk Holler, and a most amazing thing happened. Yeah, that's great, man. That dude's voice. Oh, Waylon Jen- Jennings is the balladeer. It's it's a warming feeling that just fit that show perfectly, and I don't know if the show would have would have really hit like that without that dude. I think he was really part of that that cast and that show. Are you saying that's a nice hot cup of nineteen eighties soup? Dude, it just added so. I mean, it explained so much, and it really moved the story forward when it needed to. And he was just great. I love that guy. It's perfect, man. Yeah, yeah they did a great. It's job. perfect to to just get 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 you caught up to speed, if you will. Yeah, and it because, would, before the commercial break and after the commercial break, in case you like were missing, he would tell you what happened. It was perfect. Well, you notice half the time though, when they'd come back, like well, it looks like these Duke boys done rattled up a snake and you know yeah. gonna head down the hall. <laughs> like it made no sense. Yeah, or when they're <laughs> when they're jumping the car. Well, hope them boys grow wings or you know some learn stupid. how to fly. Oh, you know, it never was anything sensical. Like man. Uh, a stuntman was actually hurt because he forgot to tighten his helmet <laughs> yeah. during this stunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun. That dude ruled. Yeah, agreed. So the Duke boys roll into town, and uh, Cooter fills them in on the UFO sightings. And this is what, what started to kind of take me out of this whole thing. Okay? Um, 
Cooter believes that they are the aliens are coming into town uh, to the town dance to do the moonwalk. Yeah, <laughs> he did make a pretty bad joke about that, didn't he? <laughs> so it's like they're starting to throw in. Now, somebody made a statement uh, on one of the forums I was reading um, that this episode was created to kind of um, cash in on the ET craze. But mm-hmm. ET came out in like 1982, 81, and this was 1985. This episode, so they were about three three years too late for that. Is this episode 85? Did you check on that? Yes. Okay, so this is their last season, then, huh? Yep. January twenty fifth, nineteen eighty five is when the episode aired, and E. T. was released. When? Early eighties. Had to be. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. Uh, Either way. The joke they were was about bad. Three, four years too late. <laughs> yeah, Cooter right? failed on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a cheap pop culture reference, um, and I think they're trying way too hard at this point, mm-hmm. right, to stay relevant. Yeah. And did you notice that Enos almost ran over about fifteen citizens on his way in? And trash cans. Dude, he blasted through, like, some bushes. There was people jumping out of the way. He's, like, the worst cop ever. <laughs> just a horrible thing to do, right? I mean, and I, did dri- take- I put down, he drove into town recklessly and then uh, unintelligibly warns them of the UFO. And I took that unintelligible warning here. What did you see? It landed right in front of me, Cooter. A big flying saucer. I gotta tell Sheriff. Take it easy. Now, now let's tell us, calm what down. did the darn thing look like? Look. It was big, and it gave off this awful light. And it sounded like a hundred milk machines going lickety split. Uh, I labeled that a hundred milking machines, just so you know, in case we need it yeah. later. <laughs> did he say he's got to go warn warn Sherry or the sheriff? The sheriff, yeah. <laughs> I gotta go warn Sherry. He was all was over that, the place. Oh, that's my girlfriend. Did you have any issue like uh, deciphering what they were saying? Because if you ever need a uh, an interpreter, I got you. I didn't, but I know where to go if I need it next time. Perfect. Um, of course, the Duke boys don't believe it, and so um, then Enos goes and tells Hog and Roscoe, and I love this. This uh, I, I wish you had had uh, sampled this, but they played the repeater game. Did you notice that? And no. maybe that's where um, uh, Super Troopers got it from. I didn't notice. I saw a UFO. You saw a UFO. <laughs> no. I can't, right? Uh, the lights were bright. The lights were bright. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I mean, literally, the whole scene was Enos saying something and Hogg and Roscoe repeating that to him. Dude, and they, then the scene was over. They said the word skunk holler. I, I, I'd have to go back and do a count 30 plus times in this episode. Like, they really pushed that. <laughs> skunk, skunk holler? Everybody. Every, every person in this show said that skunk holler, including the balladeer, multiple times. You don't think that's a fun thing to say? And doesn't that sound like a cool place to like visit? It it does. It does. I just noticed they were really shoving it right down your throat. They you knew exactly where that alien came from. You know, the more we do this podcast, the more I learn to to um, identify your deception. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> when you said it does, you went it does. It, it, it does. does. It does. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. I did up speak. <laughs> up speak. <laughs> yeah, you raise like your your voice raises a couple octaves. Um, so anyway, Ross and Hogg uh, drive to Skunk Holler, um, where they're already planning to dupe people, whether uh, whether this whole thing is real or not. Even if there is no UFO, they're going to make some stuff up just to make it seem like there is one, right? Yeah, they're going to make an attraction. attraction. Making a tourist right. attraction, yeah. Um, and so basically, they're just like actual politicians. They're just going <laughs> to lie. Right. <laughs> so uh, back at the Skunk Holler... Two cheap hoods who apparently uh, enjoy robbing, what they, rob a bingo game? All right, right. I'm going to correct you here. The balladeer calls them big-time hoods, not cheap hoods. 
But I'm saying if they're robbing bingo games, they're cheap. Hoods. That's what I wrote down. I wrote down big time hoods with a question mark. I said on the run from holding up a church bingo game. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I could think of bigger, bigger time hoods than that. But yeah, it was two hoods. So they're out, out at Skunk Holler. I guess they're going to take a nap on the ground Yeah. for some reason. And uh, they're in the area with the alien. He's already there. And I'm just going to go on record as saying this is probably the worst alien costume I've ever seen. It's pretty rough. Did you notice who – did one of those hoods look familiar to you? Um, one of them has been in a lot of TV shows. Was this um, Gomer Pyle? He lo- like oh, Gomer dude, Pyle. he looks just like Gomer Pyle. Yeah, I, I thought that as well, but it's not. And I'm going to play a clip to, to jar your memory, okay? Damn, you're drunk. You're hearing things. One more time. Sam, you're drunk. You're hearing things. I know that. It's from our show. Oh, it's from Bone Tomahawk. Nope. The guy at the piano. No? Nope. Nope. You want me to give it to you? Yeah. Dude, that's Mr. Uh, Sims from Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ira. The oh, Toy Store owner. Right. Boom. Yes. Silent Night, Boom. Deadly Night. <laughs> Dude, seven degrees of separation from Schlock or not. Right on, man. Wow, that's the guy who owned the toy store. Ira Sims. Yep. <laughs> yep. He got drunk. Yep. Wow. One of my favorite clips. That was a good drunk clip. And then uh, I think my performance last episode and the drunk from Bone Tomahawk are all in contention. <laughs> so we best. got all three of them. <laughs> uh, best drunk performance uh <laughs> By a nobody. Uh, <laughs> Pete was like, hey, towards the end, uh, were you guys recording late? Doc was slurring a little bit. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there's something was going on. <laughs> it was Steve's dumb idea. Um, so anyway, uh, the, more about the costume. Um, it looked like a little like tan spandex suit. And the, the hands were like too big. There were three fingers on each hand, like a thumb and two large fingers that didn't have any maneuverability whatsoever. And there was absolutely zero uh, uh, zero emotions coming from – it was just a mask, right? It looked like even yeah. like a hard plastic shell mask. Yeah. It, it, do yourselves a favor. If you don't remember this episode like nobody does, look up Dukes of Hazard Alien episode. Do a little image search on that and check out this alien. It is – It'll be all over it's Twitter. Awesome. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe some close-ups of their crotch area. I don't know what you sent that to me, but you did. Oh, I wasn't gonna bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. understand why you sent that, but it's going on Twitter. Uh, so everybody, get over there and check us out at the Schlocker Not. Oh, shameless <clears> plug. Good job. So anyway, um, and all of a sudden you realize the alien has the power to teleport um, after being shot at by the crook. Right. He just he just like. Hops from tree branch to tree branch. And that dude shoots exactly like the dude from Bone Tomahawk. As soon as he heard a noise, he just he just sits up and shoots instantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, back then you had to be vigilant, oh, hyper-vigilant. It was funny, though, that you brought up like they were going to bed because it's like broad daylight. They park the car on the side of the road. They pull out two blankets, lay them next to the car, and just lay down next to the car. I thought they were going to have like a romantic picnic or something. <laughs> it's a really weird scene. Oh, no. yeah. So anyway, I guess on the way home, the Duke boys swing by a skunk collar because they got a poop or something because they're just like, hey, hey we're going to stop by skunk collar and check it out. Wrong. They're right? picking crab apples because they want Daisy to make a pie. That's, That's why they're right. there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And boy, those crab apples, they're uh, yeah. yummy. Okay. Can I just say this? Being from the South. If you weren't going to poop after you ate a crab apple, you're definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. pooping. <laughs> you're instigating it's, it. It's going to happen. Okay. Right. I promise you because I've eaten plenty of them off neighbor's trees and it happened every single time. Okay. But they were delicious. Um, the alien teleports to the General Lee to hide out from the bad guys. Um, they Nobody sees the bad guys. Um, 
But at this time, Hogg and Roscoe show up, right? Again. Right. And here's what I never understood, is they turn on their sirens every single time they approach the Duke boys. They could be 10 feet away, and if they drive closer to the Duke boys, he'll turn on his lights and sirens real fast as he's driving up. What I don't understand is how small Skunk Holler is, because all three cars are on the same, like, 20-foot patch of land. So is Skunk Holler just, like, a 20-foot square piece of ground? I wonder if he gets his name because of all the skunks there. Yeah. I mean, would, would that be a place you want to go visit? Or well, I think they turn on the lights this time. You're right; they do it. They they do it for weird reasons. But I think this time because they decided they're going to declare this a national monument and arrest him, right? So they're actually rolling well, rolling in to arrest him, right? Well, he talks about first off, um, he's going to cuff him and stuff him. Oh, I caught I caught that? that. I got that. Hold on, I had Wait, to. For- if you don't, if I don't use this on other shows, I'm doing something wrong. Here we go. Then I'm gonna cuff you and stuff you. Classic, there classic, dude. Sample of the year. Classic. Cuff you and stuff you. I love it. Hey, listen though, with trespassing and illegal crab apple possession is no laughing matter. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let me get yeah. serious with it. So at this point, um, as they're about to be cuffed and stuffed, um, they literally take the bags of crab apples and dump them over their heads and flee. <laughs> Scooby Doo esque. Yeah, they get out. Oh, of dude, there. just like take the whole bag, dump it on their head, yeah. and run away. And the two the With, two thugs are still just sitting there, like in the bushes, watching this it. whole they're thing. They're loving this whole yeah. thing. They don't you see the why? car. Because they're learning how to be real criminals. Because I mean, you may have robbed a bingo game, but these two dudes just punked out the mayor and the, the sheriff, sheriff. <laughs> with a bag of crab apples. Yeah. So you need to go back to big time hood school and and learn your shit. Brush up. Brush up on your badassery. Yep. Um, but of course, Roscoe and Hogg pursue them, and I don't quite understand why they're doing that. Because it's not to catch him. It's like to make everybody think like they were running from Skunk Holler for something else. Yeah. It's really weird because they didn't try to catch them, really. No, they make a mention of it, too, after the Crabapple thing. He says something like, let's chase them so that they'll never come back here or something like that to show them we mean business. They do. He does make a weird mention about that. But, yeah, they just they chase them and then they turn around and go back. It would have been great if, like, James Best had just broken character and like, listen, man. We've been chasing for seven seasons. It's not, <laughs> it ain't, it ain't. It's not a deterrent. It's not okay. happening on an episode 15 of season seven, all right, dude, if you don't have it down. Yeah, I mean, the definition of insanity, just saying. And I'm not sure um, that that was too much of a character because I watched an episode of Family Feud where it was the Duke boys versus the Waltons, and James Best, that was almost him. What do you mean? Like the, the voice and everything? He talks like that. Like what? What are you talking about? What's happening here? Sheriff Roscoe, how he had that, you know, that, that little voice he did. I'm gonna cuff you and stuff you. Oh, I see what you're saying. I like, watched the Family Feud, and he spoke in like real that li- on well, the dude, Family Feud. I mean, feud. here's the deal. I promise you, James Best around the dinner table with his family isn't coo coo cooing anybody. <laughs> I, um, obviously, some people take their characters and they understand that it's their bread and butter. That's how they get paid. So they'll go to a convention, they'll coo 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 with the best of them, and. Uh, you know, choo, choo, choo. Yeah. <laughs> he'll do. He'll do. <laughs> Listen, he's a good, performer, dude. man. He, he, I guarantee you that is not. You know, on his deathbed, he wasn't like, uh, "I love you, my family." It's not happening. I'm gonna have to disagree with you because it seemed legit, and Uncle Jesse as well. Uh, what's his name? Pile, um, Denver Pile. Denver he Pyle? had. He sounded just like Jesse Duke on the show, but nobody else did. You know, like you mean he used his real voice for the character? Yes, sir. I'm telling you that back in the day. Um, people are a lot better at knowing what side of the bread that it was buttered on, and they they uh, wanted to put on a show with their fans anytime they okay, were in, in the but public eye. 
Sorrel Book and the other characters on Family Feud didn't use their character accent. Only Jesse and Roscoe, which made me think that that might be their real voice. It wasn't the whole crew acting like that. They actually said, like, the Cuckoo Coos came to uh, to give uh, Sheriff Roscoe Pico train a softer edge, and right. that's how he used to play with his kids. Right, right. I, I have that down in my notes, too, for later. So what but, you're saying maybe is, like, he has done that so long that it actually had become a part of who he is. Or maybe that just wasn't very far removed from his actual voice. Maybe he just kind of enhanced it for the show but that was pretty close to who he really was because if you listen to boss hog talk it was nothing like boss hog it was completely different so i think that maybe maybe sheriff roscoe and uncle jesse were pretty close to real watch that family feud episode you you tell me i had a friend of mine in the military um for jokes he used to like use gay lisp right when he would talk and he would do it so often that he started using it in like normal conversations Ooh, he programmed himself. So, like, he would, we'd be at a Denny's, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, I'll take the uh, uh, the flapjacks, the moon over my hammy. I'm like, dude, you're doing it. What? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, didn't even catch on. Like, he was, I mean, like, not that I cared, but it's like, it, you know, that was a joke. And now it's literally permeated every well, essence of your being. Maybe there's something to that, too. Or maybe they got hired because they were so close to that character. Yeah, that, that's, we'll have to do a little more dude, digging on James that. That's interesting. James has done... A million, a million things on uh, in television and movies, and I don't think like he was with John Wayne. Like I'll cover your back, Rooster Cogburn. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, I'm not saying he's doing the exact Roscoe, but I, I bet you his voice is pretty close to what hit yeah, Roscoe's voice. I'm pretty sure his is. voice sounds like yeah. his voice. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, that's cool. We'll do a little more digging on that. No that's good idea. stuff. <laughs> you what? Uh, I have no idea where you're coming from with this. I, mean, I was just trying, trying to say they fit the characters. I'm saying they fit I'm the characters. Saying that was definitely James' best voice. I agree with you on that. Okay, good. <laughs> Did I win that one? Did I win that round? <laughs> I just want to stop talking about it. All right, all right. Uh, here is what drives me nuts. Is, so the Duke boys leave. Um, once they get themselves all ready to go, um, Hog and Roscoe catch up to him like nothing. I mean, they were like a good 30 seconds behind. That happens multiple times in this in this episode where all of a sudden they're right behind the car when minutes ago they were in a whole different, like they were, one was in Skunk Holler and one was at the Duke's farm. Then all of a sudden they're right next to each catch other. Catch up again. to him. I thought yeah. the Dukes were drivers, man, right? Yeah. I mean, That's probably stuff we didn't care about when we were young. It's just now looking at it critically, we're noticing. It, it's part of the formula of the show. Now we need a car chase. Here we go. <clears throat> yep. And it's not even for a purpose, really. No, it's just to see cars in dirt, you know, which is fine. And, I'm cool with it. And, and during this pursuit, um, the Dukes drove through not one, not two, but three closed road signs. Right. So maybe the reason Hazard County has a budget issue is that they're using utilizing more than one cl- road close sign for every road closure. One should be sufficient, right? I see what you're saying here. <laughs> well, I want to know how... a the small county of Hazard can have a bridge out in every single episode in every single road because that's part of every show is a bridge being out and them jumping it or or the gully yeah. or the gulch or the road. Always. There's always something. They, they, you know what it is? They have a bad, um, what is it, Department of Public Engineering Works? Engineering or something, Public <laughs> Depart- Works yeah, Department? Yeah, Department of Streets and stuff, yeah. Instead of paying their employees, they're too busy buying road clothes signs. Right. <laughs> and I noticed in this in this specific driving scene, Luke was driving, and it always caught me a little bit weird when Bo wasn't driving, like Bo was usually the driver. And when Luke would drive, it just, it threw me a little bit. And this is one of those 
scenes where Luke was driving. I was like, yeah, that's, you know. Hey, I, let I me tell you, though, Tom Wopat was a driver. Did you see um, later on when he shows up back Dude, to the farm, he does that, like, drift I saw that. and almost hits that picnic table? I saw that. I was going to mention that, too, man. He kills it. And I did a little looking on that. I guess John Schneider got really good at driving the General Lee, and uh, he they used him for a lot of the lower, the the um, non-scary stunts. He did it himself because he got really good at driving the that car specifically. Yeah. Um, I guess he... Uh, um, uh, made uh, created a bunch of them too. Yes. What do they call that? Uh, uh, renovation. He renovated re- some of the renovated a bunch of them. Yeah, some of the re- remaining ones. I think he owns the majority of the remaining General Lees. Yeah. Yep. So can I just say this? Can we have more in modern television? Because um, during this pursuit, they have the typical jump through the air. It pauses. The balladeer comes over and says his piece. Right. Right. So I'm just proposing. Um, that we use that for more television shows today. Because, like, if, uh, say, I don't watch a Kardashian show, right? Me neither. But, but if uh, you had Kim Kardashian Kim Kardashian getting her unibrow wax, right? And, like, as soon as they pull the strip and it like pauses. A, free, a freeze frame. And it says, <laughs> well, I guess them old Kardashian girls are going to feel the pain of beauty or something like that, right? Uh, I would watch that. Like, with the little, that little hook <laughs> at the end. that old Kardashian girl is going to do whatever it takes uh, to be pretty still. So, here we go. I think you're right, because I even think it's funny when they do a fake freeze frame at the end of a, a movie or a show, and they kind of just, Naked like. Naked gun? Like, exactly. Uh, um, from go. the files of police squad? Yep. And they would freeze, but everything around them would keep moving? Yep. I'm good with the, the freeze at the end, and I'm good with the freeze for commercial breaks. So I'm with you. Awesome. Didn't they do that on a guy com- commercial recently? I don't have TV anymore, so I couldn't tell you. Where, like, they froze, but the dog in the scene just kept moving, so it, like, jumped up on the table and started, like, licking their faces and eating <laughs> food good. and they're trying hope, not to laugh. I hope that's so, true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess when it fades back in, that's when I noticed for the first time the actual Dixie horn. Okay? Um. And you know the story about that, right? Where they were out uh, scouting right. locations, somebody drove by the restaurant they were at and had that horn. Yep. And they paid five hundred bucks for it from the guy. And then they found out later, like you could be bought for like thirty dollars at any automotive store. Yeah, like Pet Boys down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You're right, though. That's the first part, uh, part of the Dixie Horn. I wrote that down. And they waited till after the commercial cut um, to, you know, they jumped, they freeze frame midair, and then at the end of the commercial break, boom, they did Dixie Horn and they land. It was awesome. So also, did you know this? Do you know why they're always on the run from the law, the Duke boys? Uh, they were on probation, I believe, for moonshine. Moonshining. Right. Yep. yep. And I, I think, said parolee at the beginning of the episode. I just thought it sounded better than probationers. And I oh, think sorry. Uncle Jesse, if you're looking at the whole crew there, he's still doing it. So he's probably the, the only criminal in Hazard. Yeah. Because I never see the Duke boys doing anything wrong you know yeah, where's all this corn with of course i'm, I'm gonna say i don't know as an ex-felon is it illegal to to possess bow and arrows with dynamite sticks uh, on hey, I'm, I'm gonna save that i got something on that for later i'm gonna save that okay <laughs> um so hogs uh boss hog and roscoe they go back to skunk collar and they begin to start like trying to manufacture a ufo landing strip which Boss Hog is never the one you need when it comes to a manual labor job because he's just out there with like a rake, like making a mess. And then uh, Roscoe's like pouring gunpowder in a circle or something that eventually ends up burning uh, Boss Hog's taint. Yeah, it was. He had a, a 
he had a jar of gunpowder that Wiley Coyote would have used. It was like with a plug stopper on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he makes like a, a circle that's crappy and Boss Hog's in the middle of the circle, raking rocks backward and forward. And then uh, Roscoe lights it up right behind him and it just burns him right in the clown hole, just right right through, right under his legs. It was awesome, right under dude. his taint, man. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so. Um, hey, you laughed though, right? Did you laugh at I that? I did laugh yeah, because did it was too. like extreme uh, stooges. Yeah, it was good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're bringing some of, that, some of that slapstick back yeah. to it. Um, can I just say, is this maybe the inspiration for crop circles? <laughs> no, it's not. Which came first, season seven, episode 15, or a crop circle? You tell me, mister. I'm waiting for your argument. Go. Uh, let me look on Google. Clickety clock. No, it's crop circles. <laughs> you think 18, before 1985, there were crop circles? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I, I would think so. I think so. Okay, give me some theme music. Oh, man. Are we going to look this up? Yep. All right, here. Oh, you know what I'll do? Here, I'll do a mid show break while you look it up. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, it looks like old Doc and Steve got themselves into a whole lot of mess with this Slockernaut episode. This one's going to be harder to listen to than a rooster with his nuts caught in a combine. And we're back. Uh, the term was first coined in the early 1980s. Okay. And this so, is 85, so... About, you know what, though? That, that could be what you said earlier, them trying to cash in on something popular in the news at this point, right? Right. There we go. Oh, no, I think I'm wrong. Uh, 1678. <laughs> <laughs> so not by much, though. Not by much. <laughs> you're close. So close. Yeah, you're oh, right there. Yeah. Hey, I had you believe in it for a second, didn't I? I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Hey, I listened 16, to... 1678. I listened to a whole podcast from uh, Stuff You Should Know on Crop Circles, and I had no clue. So. <laughs> yeah, you obviously uh, didn't learn that. I so. retained a whole lot of that, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I do. I did retain that they're all completely fake and have all been debunked. So there's some trivia for you. But yet they'll still talk about it ad nauseum on Ghost right, to Coast. Right, right, so right. hate to eat your own, man. Um, so anyway, the the robbers are still in skunk collar. Um, obviously not well rested, and they see that Boss Hog and Sheriff Roscoe are devising this plan. <clears throat> so since they're such a, since they're so intelligent, they've devised a better plan. Which I don't really know how. Sk- Scaring the residents of Hazard County will help them at all make any money. Well, if th- what they thought was they'd scare the residents enough that they'd actually like pick up all the things they had and run out of town into the hills, and they could just right. walk so around. They'd have a completely empty town. Right, they could just walk they could around just and empty the town. And... Yeah. No. Okay. Well, not a great plan. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So the Duke boys get back home. Uh, at, and I put in my notes, Tom Wopat does a badass side drift right up next yes, to the picnic table. Totally it was did. badass. It was, man. No cuts. I wonder how many takes that took. Or was it just like, he's just that good? I, I, dude, I th- I, I'd like to think that was a one shot. I bet you he just nailed it. And they were like, keep it rolling. You know, it's good. And then did you notice um, they start unloading the groceries? Yeah, the bags. I hope they don't have any dairy or frozen items because that stuff is ruined. Stupid you crab know apples. Yeah, it was a bunch and of bags what, of crab apples. <laughs> that's when Daisy is shocked by the side of the ET. Yeah, and it looked like it, I wanted to try to take a picture of it with my phone for you, but it totally looked like a butt. Like his head was exactly a derriere. Like when he had his face down and you saw the top of his head, it was just like cleft. <laughs> like just like a butt. I wish I could have got a shot for you that, but Dude, I. Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get kind of crude here, okay? Uh, because I'm gonna go with the butt theme because um, I thought it was pretty craptacular, right? Yep. But can I just say this now? Bear with me. Okay. I'm going to say the costume made him look like an, a giant veiny wiener. 
<laughs> it's great. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna break. Sh- I'm gonna do the same as you. I'm gonna break show form here. Okay, ready? Okay. I know that we turn our phones off for this, but I want you to look at your phone, and I'm sending you a picture, and I don't want you to talk about it yet because I'm gonna guess that you did not notice the nipples on the alien, right? <laughs> I, I I didn't think you would have. <laughs> But to prove my point, I, I took a picture because I knew you were going <laughs> to call me nuts. But when I first saw it, I really thought that they had sewn in fake nipples on the alien suit. And I was like, why, well, why would you do that? Because the suit looked so bad. So I did like a full-on close-up. And I think he was wearing like a see-through, like a mesh like, shirt or Like a, a veneer. What do they call that? A sheer like spandex outfit? You, did you get the picture? Yes. Okay, because I knew that. Okay, I can see those. I knew that if I would bring it up to you without visual proof, that you would call me an idiot and berate me. So I wanted to actually have it on. You have proved me. You've proven yourself correct, but you're still an idiot. All right, because I'm just going to say, superior alien beings also must have to show it off by wearing turtlenecks. (laughs) Oh God, dude, that suit was horrible, dude. But. Now, if you look at that whole costume and just imagine a veiny wiener, tell me what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the costume's bad, bro. <laughs> I mean, any, really, if you're listening to this and you're curious, look up this costume. It is horrible. It's, it's really bad because there's like the mouth doesn't even move. So uh, I, I got some – I have some, um, some notes about his, his speech, his communication oh, later on. Oh, my God, on. yeah. Um, but – uh, he, he tr- now I noticed this when he transported from the car to the roof, the editing was off and like the Duke boys and uncle Jesse and Daisy, their, their reaction was very delayed. Yeah. They just, to do the cutscene, they would just stop it and he would move and then they'd start it again. And there was no continuity at all. That happened multiple times. So like it happened, he's behind it for like a good five seconds. And then finally they're like, <gasps> yeah. and they turn around and see him on the roof. Right. Yeah. It was cool. I liked it. I was cool with that. So on the roof, it lo- the bad alien uh, costume looks even worse on the roof because it's just like sticking up there like a boner in a speedo. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's, it's really bad. Um, and I think the facial expression, uh, the only facial expression they had for that uh, mask was who farted. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, because it was that's the look. Like if you look at his face. And just put a thought bubble, who farted? That's, I mean, it fits perfectly. The, the mask was, like you said, one of those rubber masks that has no movement to it. He couldn't move his mouth. It was just a, a bad Halloween mask. That's all it was. Right. So now that he's on the roof, the Dukes are trying to make friends and talk him off the roof. Um, Uncle Jesse doesn't believe that the alien un- understands their language. Uh, so they all start, like, basically interpretive dancing <laughs> and overacting everything they say and do. Right. Um, also... Uh, something that works for foreigners that don't, don't understand your language. If you talk louder, right, that helps them understand what you're saying because you know that works. You're so. killing my whole post show right now. You're just annihilating it. So continue. It's great. I'm sorry. Go all ahead. the, all the shit it? I have. Yeah. No, no, it's just good. You're hitting everything, man. You, you were right on track. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I just do it. <laughs> throw it out here. Uh, what language was the ET? Extra terrestrial. <laughs> oh, man. At least you snuck one of those in, huh? The extra terrestrial. Oh, God. What language was he speaking? Was it Smoker's Cough? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dude. It was totally like a Casio keyboard mod or something. It was like this. Here, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it perfectly. Okay. This will be exactly no, no. like the show. Are you going to play it from the show? No, no. I'm going to 
physically make them make the sound. Do you have a clip so we can compare, like, which one's from the show and which one's you? No, I don't, but I could do it so good you will never know it wasn't a clip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and here's just exactly what it sounded like. Ready? That's it. I nailed it. 100%, dude. It's horrible. <laughs> Please find that voice, because, dude, when, when I tell you Smoker's Call, it was kind of like... <laughs> no, mine's better. Mine's better, dude. <laughs> there's, there's a little bit more uh, phlegm. Man, are we killing it with good radio tonight or what? <laughs> Horrible. Not one drop to drink either. Folks. Ah, that's good shit. Um, so anyway, the awful pantomiming obviously convinces him to teleport off the roof from behind a bush. They they, they um, describe that what friend is by each of them shaking hands with each other. Friend, like Bo shakes Luke's hand. Friend, and then friend. they shake his no, hand. No, it's friend. Friend, yeah. Friend, we're friends <laughs> yeah. here. See, and then. Uh, do you notice that I think when they teleported him off the roof and behind the bush, do you think maybe he had like a rip in his underwear or something in his costume? <laughs> so they had to like hide him behind the bush to cover up the, the screw up on the costume? All I kept thinking was when he was in the tree at the top, like did they use a little crane to crane that poor little guy up into the tree? Like how they get him up there? It's so sad. <laughs> like one of those lifts that they had to uh, rent from such in a town. Bummer, dude. Bring him down. Like a scissor um, lift, yeah. Then they bring him inside the house. And I'm just going to say this, and you know, some people are going to be offended. Uh, but he, they did show him some good old Southern hospitality, right? Yes. And people say that folks from the South don't like aliens. Pfft. Oh, look at you, <laughs> dude. God. No, no drinking, huh? Nothing? <laughs> Not one drop. Not a drop. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Everybody in the South is super awesome, dude. What I did um, notice about that house, though, is there was uh, cookies everywhere. Like, there's a jar of cookies on the table. There's plates of cookies in the living room. There's cookies all over the pad, man. I'm telling you, Daisy Duke doesn't eat those cookies all the time, but she, she wouldn't look like that. She, that's, d- sure. that's why uh, Uncle Jesse had that ponch. <laughs> ponch. Ponch. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to southern it up. It didn't, it didn't go nowhere. Oh, that, that sounded like I had gravy on it. It was yeah, so southern. It's bad, so bad. Here's my problem, though, is I think this is the liberal Hollywood media. Okay? Okay. It's trying to persuade people in the South... It's basically buying. They want them to buy into their illegal immigration agenda. <laughs> what? <right? to> what? <laughs> no drinking tonight, dude. Nothing. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> That's what the Hollywood liberal media wants you to believe. Look, accept illegal immigrants and illegal aliens into your home. <sighs> I'm teasing, <laughs> Obviously, none of that makes any sense to me. I'm just trying to throw out a stupid joke. So, uh, yeah, it makes no sense. At all. Yeah, I just thought it'd be funny. So anyway, um, at this point, Boss, can, uh, Boss Hog and Roscoe have like a riff session, okay? Um, and they're planning to go over to the Duke's house yeah. for something. Who knows? I have no idea why they're going to go over there. I I, I don't you, remember either. It had something to do with uh, what was it? They called Enos over, right, to prove that to Enos that the alien was there because they felt bad for making fun of him? They didn't see the alien. No, not they Boston Roscoe. Seen... Didn't the Duke boys call oh, Enos yeah, over? They did call Enos to come over. Got and it, Boss, and, okay. Boss and Roscoe are going to go over. So pretty soon got you're going to have everybody at the the, donk, or the, uh, the Duke residence. But dude, I'm going to say later on, they got pretty like political in this episode. With what? We'll talk about it. Okay. Um, 
the unintimidating robbers decide to pull an H.G. Wells, uh, and they go to the broadcast, or they want to go and broadcast an alien invasion at WHOGG Radio, and right. that makes no sense to me whatsoever. None. But anyway, <clears throat> hey, did they already eat the the alien pellets at this point, or is that coming up? Still? Oh, dude. <laughs> okay, so I put that in here. Back at the farm, they're trying to get him to eat food, a cookie. and basically, yeah, they're trying to get him to eat a cookie. And he basically pumps out giblets from his pest dispensing colostomy bag. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> it, dude. That is exactly it. Yes. Ah, see, that's it's like a, it's like little, like little uh, bundles of boogers in it, their hand. It, it almost and, looked know, like the old arcade where they'd click out some quarters from their hip, like. Yeah, but it was disgusting looking. Hey, and the Duke boys just killed it, bro. Like I would, ne- <laughs> dude, I would never. They're used to eating like frog legs and, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, raccoon butts. <laughs> so, so they give him a cookie that they couldn't show the alien eating because his mask wouldn't move, and they're like, "I, I don't think he likes it." So the, the he alien took it up to his face and threw it over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so in return, the alien pops out these three food pellets and gives them to him. They're like, "Oh, sweet!" And they just they just chow them, just eat them, and then they move on. With their, I don't even know the point of the scene, dude. It was awesome. He could have been like, "No, no, that's uh, that's to go to, into your ears to protect your ears from hearing my voice." <laughs> oh, you I know. Mean, speaking of that, you know what I thought? I really thought what would happen was they would eat those pellets and then they would understand his voice. That's where I thought they were going with that. Because you've seen that in other in plenty of other movies, right? Where like, oh, I didn't think that at all, but it makes total sense. I right? totally thought I that was coming. I totally so they could use it. like instead of like doing all this pantomiming and literally right. like I'm in a box, look at me, oh, right. look, I'm pulling a rope. They were, I mean, half the show was them trying to explain to him like, get in the car, right? And the reason behind that, I thought for sure was then the alien could explain his plight because there really was no reason for him to be there and he never did anything and there was no explanation to why he was there or why he left. So I thought for sure they're going to eat this pellet and now you're going to get like, well, you need to get me here because of blank or I was trying to get, you know, and I thought that would be like, okay, now we understand why the alien is here. You don't understand. Did you not see E.T.? He's trying to get back to the UFO that's coming to pick him up. That's all you need to know. I guess I was reading too the much Duke into boy, it. The Duke boys figured that out. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. What... <clears throat> I'm being totally sarcastic. <clears throat> no, so. excuse me. Uh, Enos shows up at the Duke boys' residence, and I just got to ask, does he ever do any real work? Or does he no. just drive around handling his personal business everywhere? Does Roscoe do any real work? No, not really. Do the Duke boys have a job? Moonshining. <laughs> is is moonshine. anybody working in Hazard County? Daisy's a waitress. <laughs> At the Eagle's Nest, right? Yeah. Maybe. So anyway, the Duke boys introduce Enos uh, to the little space dude, and they all agree to keep it a secret, right? And then the alien disappears. Right. Because Boss Hogg and Roscoe roll up. He disappears into the Duke's car. Right. And then Flash sneaks out of the patrol car and somehow uh, is immediately able to track an alien. An extraterrestrial, not from this earth, being... Flash, who, if I remember right, they always portrayed him as a lazy-ass dog. Right? <laughs> right. It was the one time he got, he woke up. That's it. He's like, whoa, <laughs> I had never smelled that before. Yep. So um, he alerts to the alien in the back of the car. Um, and I guess that dog was actually James Best's personal animal. Oh, is that, that right? Was I, I was curious yeah. about that, man. That's cool. I like that. I'm just going to say he's also a better actor than half of the uh, – People in this show. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> no, like the bit characters. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. That. Not like, you know. Yeah. So the gray pops up. I don't know why he does it. He just like pops up out of the back seat. So everybody sees him now. Um, and 
the first thing I wrote down is apparently there is no intelligent life because if he had just stayed down in the back of that car, that whole crisis yeah, could have been a Yeah, like he knew to, to disappear at certain times to not be seen, and then at other times he could, times like, he teleport just... somewhere else? Right, right. While no he starts to get spotted, so instead he, like, sticks up. So he ultimately teleports um, to a car. He goes to a tree first, I think, right? Yes, up in the tree. Way up in a tree, and then he teleports to a car where he drives the car with his feet... Yes. But it's accelerating, which I don't know how that was possible. Uh, also, he was wearing ballerina shoes. I don't know if you caught that or not. I did not. He was wearing no. little silver. It's spot, though. It's he a was, really good spot. He was wearing little silver ballerina shoes. <laughs> sucked, dude. Can I just say this, too? I really enjoy driverless car effects. I don't know how they're done, uh, but I love when a car is driving around like in Christine and stuff without anybody visible in the car. Yeah, yeah I'm cool with that, too. How do they do that? Remote controls, remote control. or they have like guys. I mean, this is back before they had like you could CGI or, or you know render the guy out of the shot. I wonder if they just had like another dude on the floorboard pushing with his hands, like leaning from the passenger seat, like pushing the gas pedal. Mm, I don't know, but it looked cool. Yeah, it did. Uh, so, in a strange turn of events, the Duke boys are in the General Lee chasing a cop car now. Right. Which uh, pretty soon you're going to see another Dukes of Hazard staple, and that's. Uh, Boss Hogg and Roscoe are uh, wrecking to a hay bale, right? Yes. That's a staple. Yes. Um, and I think it's Luke jumps from the General Lee to the back of a car. Yeah. Part of their outline. It's part of the, it's part of the formula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I did notice, now that I'm older, is I think those cars were both traveling at the uh, maximum speed of five miles. I saw that as well. I noticed <laughs> that. <laughs> it was also very obviously not Luke. Like, the dude wasn't Luke. He wasn't built like him at all. But who cares? No, another thing I noticed, too, is uh, ever notice when things are getting hairy in Hazard County, uh, the t- the cars just fishtail like crazy? Yeah, those gravel like roads, turn, man. Like, awesome, oh, like five or six fishtails, and then the straightaway, and then the next slight turn, they fishtail for a good five minutes. So, like, at one point, they're both cars, like, close to each other, but they're both fishtailing in opposite directions. There's a lot of action going on there and stuff. It's kind of neat. Yeah, even when Luke drove the cop car back to the home, like, in reverse, he just peels it out. And that was really him driving, too. He just peels it out like crazy. Like, they're both constant tire spinning and gravel shooting everywhere. I dig that. Out of control. Yeah, it was great. Can I say, though, that when Luke jumped from the car, um, from the General Lee to the car, I put in my notes that I just ate a childhood memory Happy Meal. Oh, that's nice, buddy. Because, dude... I hadn't remembered a scene like that in so I haven't probably watched the show in 20 years. And literally, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, I remember that. Those were awesome. Yeah. Because they did it all the time. It's unnecessary now because it's lackluster, <laughs> but it's cool. Dude, the, the simple stuff that, like, any other kid would watch this and they would probably yawn. I don't know. I, maybe I should show it to some, you know, to my kids or something and see what they think. But I don't think they'd make it 10 minutes into the show. Uh, Michael wouldn't hardly watch any of it, but I, every time I knew it was going to jump, the car would jump, I'd say, hey, buddy, they're going to jump a car real high. And he would like it and he'd be like, cool, like whenever the, the generally jumped. So there's still something to it. That's cool, man. Lynn, well, maybe, nothing maybe to do with Nothing to do with this. You said you had an amusing anecdote to tell me about her stumbling in on you watching Dukes like you were watching porno, right? Yes. I tried to have her watch it with me because I thought, you know, she's never seen it before. She's a little too young for that. So I said, oh, you should watch this. It's cool. It's a staple of my childhood. You know, it's real well known. She's like, nah, it looks lame. And, you know, she kind of didn't care and went up and was doing her own thing. And at one point she came back down, was walking through the room, and it was Bo and Luke uh, talking with the alien. And she kind of double takes. And I thought she was going to mention something about the alien. And she was like... That blonde guy's jeans are way too tight. 
And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, no, 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 no. that was the style back then. So then she kind of leaves and then she walks through again and she said, seriously, he's got like a camel toe. That's not right. He shouldn't be wearing those jeans. And then yeah, she okay. wa- walked out so and that was it. It's like us when we get caught. You know, looking at a hot girl somewhere in a public place. Oh, look at her hair. Right, How right. Ridiculous is her right. hair. So basically, she's like literally, she's she's literally telling you she's checking out his bulge. Pecker checker. She's trying to. She's trying to, <laughs> she's trying to feign uh, that she's disgusted by it, right. but the whole time she's like, "That bulge is ridiculous." Hey, now remember, on scene is a little person with three ears, a rubber mask, <laughs> wearing tights and ballerina shoes. She That's had no I'm mention of that. Now. Not a mention of that. Nothing. Only okay, so let's Same situation, but Daisy's underneath the kitchen sink looking for a pot. Right. right. Over, right. And we walk in. Those, yeah. jean, those jean shorts are ridiculously tight, honey. My goodness. I bet she has to lay down to take those off. <laughs> Some stupid <laughs> comment. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, that was, I thought that was good. That's so. That's uh, her whole take of Dukes of Hazard. That's all she got out of it. <laughs> well, here's where I was talking about earlier, where it gets political. Okay, because okay. they bring the Mini Martian back to the Duke's house, yeah. and uh, they're gonna hide him because they know they don't have no search warrant to come in and find him. Right. Spoken like a true moonshiner, right? Right. So then, Boss Hogg and Roscoe want to arrest the alien for traffic infractions, which. <laughs> You know, I mean, why not, right? I mean, he was driving with his feet and stuff, so. Uh, but then Uncle Jesse demands a search warrant. He does. He's like, where's my search warrant? And uh, defeated, they leave. And there's uh, two minutes, I think, I counted, of the, the police car leaving. Uh, I took a clip of the search warrant because it's it's classic Roscoe Boss Hog. Uh, back and forth banter and I hope you can make it out because this was kind of low on the scale but listen to Roscoe if you can here hold on now just hold it right there JD you're not taking one step into this house without a search warrant well he's got us there no 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 he ain't got us anywhere he's got us anywhere all right you listen you dukes and you listen good yeah (laughs) you hear him dude (laughs) dude Roscoe is just dude the timing the comedic timing between (laughs) Roscoe and Boss Hogg Can't be just looking. Well, he's got us there. Yeah, <laughs> he gave up quick as shit, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that's great. Damn. I think. I think. Uh, legitimately, in the the realm of Hazard County, they probably all liked each other for real. Oh, Not like dude, as totally. actors. Yeah. But like, you know, uh, once their probation was successfully completed, like Boss Hog and Roscoe are probably like, "Good job, fellas." You know. Totally, dude. There was chemistry like, through all those characters. Right. They, they weren't really trying hard to catch them Duke boys, if you know mm. what I'm saying. So, um, back at WHOGG, uh, the DJ is broadcasting right in front of an open window. And I'm just going to say the acoustics for that has to be horrible. I'm not a radio guy, but that cannot be good with, like, all the cars driving by and horns and police sirens and yep. Enos driving over trash cans. And they it even turn on speakers so you can hear the radio station right outside the door, right? Because I'm sure that's not a noise ordinance. There'll be no like, feedback. You know, we're all subjecting you to our show, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, the robbers bust in, and they want to get on the mic. So they basically put the guy in the closet. Yeah, it was right? weak. Yeah. Um, at the Duke Farm, uh, they're still playing the world's worst game of charades, uh, and they figure out somehow that someone is coming to pick up the alien and skunk hollow, and off they go, right? Yep. <clears throat> so then... Uh, the robbers lock the DJ in the closet, and then, of course, Roscoe, Enos, and Hogg show up because they want to talk about some stuff. 
Um, and then the DJ bandits expertly broadcast the alien invasion warning. Chaos ensues. As soon as they start talking about it, the whole place goes nuts. Did you expect when that uh, the bigger of the two bad guys got on the mic that he was going to do like a real cool radio voice? No, he did great, man. I mean, that guy's... That's what I'm saying. Like, how stupid is these cheap... Uh, I'm sorry, big-time hoods just go into a radio station. They know how to work the mic. I mean, could you imagine... I, I'm having a hard time with this mic with one button. I can't <laughs> you keep muting sense. yourself, right? <laughs> you sit down to like a huge, like, what do they call those, a board? With like all these yeah. different things. It's like a spaceship, for God's sakes. And he just hops right on there. Well, he had a, a like a real country, like, twang and kind of a, not a high pitch, but a real, he didn't have a deep voice, what you would think for radio. And I totally expected once he got on the mic to be like, W-H-O-G-G, like he would have some kind of Johnny Fever, like get WKRP voice, but now they just went with same old, same old. <clears throat> but he knew how to work it. He did, and he scared the whole town, and then there's a cut to the outside where the town is pantomiming, going crazy, like throwing their hands up in their air above the head, above their oh, head, the, and like, yeah. the people, the people have like stacks of paper. Like yeah, throwing them in the air. Stacks of paper everywhere. There's one scene with a car that is on an empty street with no other cars and he just swerves onto the sidewalk and like busts through a bunch of people in like a hot dog stand for no reason just to show just to show how wacky and everybody just went nuts trying to get out of town apparently so it worked these guys are criminal masterminds we're the idiots steve yes yes we are the idiots so bo and luke figure out that they got to get over the radio station right um once they get inside uh i think we're we're um we're treated to the worst fight scene ever uh, observed on television. Between Bo and uh, the two guys, Bo and Luke and the yeah. two guys. It was Because they're immediately incapacitated. Yeah. The best part of that scene was the alien getting nug blasted in the back of the head. It was awesome. Dude, he comes in and he's like amazingly ineffectual at anything. Horrible. Like you feel, okay, and later on, spoiler alert, yeah. he's got a power that probably could have came in pretty useful. Yeah. But he doesn't use it. Um, he almost instantly he's pissed the whip in the back of the head by a redneck. Just right to the back of the dome. It was um, awesome. I loved it. It was great. I love the fact that they pick up an alien doll and they skedaddle. Yeah. Um, and they put them dukes in the closet. In the closet with the radio DJ, Enos, Boss Hog, Roscoe, now Bo and Luke. So they have six I'm people saying, in this closet. Typical liberal media again. Liberal Hollywood <laughs> media. Jesus. I'm calling Scooby-Doo again no, with six no, people is, in a closet. No, no, this isn't liberal media. This is the conservative media because they're always trying to put people in the closet oh, and keep goodness. them there. Oh, my goodness. Come on. No, no, no drinking. No? no drinking? I'm not drinking. <laughs> I <won't laughs> drink. I'm just throwing out jokes. I'm sorry. I'm just being sick. It's all nonsensical. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, Daisy and Jesse show up, and they don't do anything either. They get their tire no. shot. They show up for no they, reason they at the radio up, station, get their tire shot. out of the closet, and they get their tire shot, right? Yep. yep. And another impossible car chase because there's no way they could have caught up to those two dudes on the road they were traveling. No or way. even know, like, which direction they had went. No. Like, they yeah. went that way. This is another right. scene where all of a sudden they're right behind the guys, just out of the blue for no reason. And you know what, too? Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that um, I, I don't. I've never been in a running gun battle in two cars side by side, but I think your your success rate of hitting your intended target goes down to like negative seventy percent when you're side by side shooting guns at each other. Did were they shooting at this? At yes, this point? the bad guys were shooting at the Duke boys, and they were hitting nothing. Yeah, I don't even remember them shooting. To be honest with you, man, I thought that it was strictly the alien with his stupid laser, and that was it. 
Yeah, the episode's almost over because little cousin breaks out another power that nobody knew about and shoots a laser from his eyes to disarm the fat bad guy, right? Yep. Then laser blasts the skinny driver. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking, why wouldn't he just teleport out of the car? Dude, he didn't laser blast the driver. He laser blasted the steering wheel to make it hot so that the driver would wreck. It was even worse. <laughs> That's why they wrecked into those logs that were on the side of the road, like the two logs. Random, random <laughs> yeah. log. Yeah, that's good. That's that's because they've got to take them back to the uh, mill to make more road clothes signs. Yep. I had the same feeling, and I think I brought this up on previous shows, but I had the, when he blasts that laser just that you had never seen before, and all of a sudden now he can do that, it always takes me back to Superman 2 when he throws that stupid saran wrap S off his chest. Yeah. And I'm like, like well, where did uh, that come from? Really? Like, it's this never is something been observed now? in any Superman comic book ever, right? That I have that same feeling of, oh, so now he can do that? Okay. <laughs> I just get aggravated. Whatever. Can I say, though, that because there are random piles of dangerous logs on the side of the road, it's probably no no wonder the town is called Hazard County? Ooh, right on, man. Let's see. Now, that I... That's a non-drinking joke right there, dude. I like that one. That's what I like. Any any joke I make is going to be uh, judged by whether you think I've been drinking or nah, not. Nah, nah, nah. Come on, buddy. Okay. Come on. I know. I'm, I'm being a little risque today. Yeah. We're taking something that's rather milk toast. I'm trying to make it funny. That's true. And I'm not. I'm not succeeding at all. Oh, so, come on now. Congratulations. <laughs> wait do you hear the clips. Wait till, wait do you hear them out of context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, so Bo and Luke make the call, right? Another Duke's a hazard cliche. I'm going to say, what did I put here? Oh, uh, as they're running away, um, Roscoe draws his gun finally, and Daisy Duke does a quick like karate chop maneuver to knock the gun from his hands. Yeah, she was for some reason all of a sudden kneeling down in front of him when he pulls his gun for no reason because she was standing up next to him like two seconds before that. So it's perfect for her to just stand up and Cha-cha! and blast that blast that gun out. Yeah. And then she like grabs the gun and shoots his tires <laughs> and then sure, gives him the gun not. back. Then she says she's sorry and gives him his gun back. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Mutual respect here, man. Yeah. Uh, but that happened to pretty much every episode because as soon as I saw that, um, deja vu. I've seen that before. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, the boys get the grade of the skunk collar. Uh, they say their goodbyes. Obviously, they're like waving like really big, like, goodbye. This means goodbye. Um, and he's rescued from the planet. Yep. And then uh, everyone shows up. And as the aliens flying away, Boss Hog's losing his shit in the background. Um, and them Duke boys done one today again. And freeze, and and freeze frame. And freeze yep. frame. Yep. Good stuff. There I it is, man. I totally enjoyed it. This was definitely one of the worst Duke's episodes I could imagine. Uh, I don't know, though, because I watched one of the other ones, and that Haunted House one, using the ventriloquist to, to stage a haunted house for Boss Hog was right. It was up there pretty bad, too. So, do you think you would be on board if they wanted to do a Dukes of Hazard reunion, or not even a reunion, like a remake, like do it again? The same people? No, no, just like a remake or a re-envisioning, if uh, you will. You, you think you, they could do it again? You know, you've asked me this before, man. I'm going <clears> to <throat> stick with my guns, and I'm going to say not not this specifically on the Dukes, but on other movies. I, I usually am. I'm not a fan of remakes or redos because I lose the. I like my original feelings for originally watching it and i don't think they're they're good at recreating that or i'm not good at recreating the same feeling twice so i'm usually against that dude i'm telling you i know a lot of people who really enjoy that new hawaii 50 show they love it hmm. okay eat it up and it's a hit so i mean they've got that new lethal weapon show coming out yeah i don't just and i'm not saying that it can't be done i'm just saying for the most part when i hear about it i prefer just I like my memories. I want to keep them that way and show me something new. That's that's kind of the way okay. I would feel about it. And I'm going to say I totally agree with you. Okay. 
Um, but you have to understand that some of the some really good movies have been made have been remade. Right? No, true, true. The Thing, John Carpenter's yeah. The Thing, is a remake. Yeah, and it was done better. So I mean, it's re- really rare. But I mean, the difference between The Thing and these types of shows is. Um, they're fucking with somebody else's childhood, not mine, so they can do whatever they want that's with what somebody saying. else's That's what I'm saying. It's, mine, like, right? it's not necessarily the show that's bad. It's it's me not being able to, to recreate my memories of the show or, or ruining my memories of the show. Isn't that pretty personally. much what we're doing all the time anyways? We're just trying to get back just a little bit of that innocent joy we yeah. had as children right. and just trying to, to have some of that back in our lives. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think there's something to that, man. Uh, but dude, they've done so many remakes. Uh, dude, Total Recall, uh, RoboCop, uh, garbage, the Blade garbage. Runner, uh, Conan, garbage. Conan. Uh, it, there's been so many that just didn't didn't hit. You know, it just doesn't do it for me. So I'm always a little bit uh, skeptical. Conan didn't even register on my radar, dude. I never even thought yeah. to watch that movie. It just yeah. Red Dawn. I. I'm sorry, Aaron. I watched Red Dawn the remake, and it was awful. You're, you know, I apologize to him for that. I didn't like it either, but yeah. Right, so man. yeah, for me, I'm I'm hesitant. It, it has to be done. It, there's a, only very few that can make it work. I'll, I'll just say that it's been done, and like you said, even remakes that I watched back when I was young, that's the version I have my nostalgia for. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, not even the first one, but that one. So it's so, really hard to recreate that. Like we said, screw everybody else's childhood memories. Just don't mess right. with mine. Right. Make your own damn childhood memories is what I'm saying. Don't mess with Steve's. Yeah. There, there's a problem right now, I think, with just original ideas coming out of anywhere. Right. And that's why, I, me personally, I tend to go towards Asian uh, and foreign cinema because, dude, they just they have original ideas coming out. They're they're unique. Right. And we're not. We're just – I mean, now, let's, let's – uh, Let's not say that. I'm going to say Hollywood's not unique. The movies that are in the movie theaters are not unique. I mean, I, I'm almost to the point where I'm tired of Marvel movies. I'm getting really close. Yeah, and I'm getting, tired of comic book movies. We're going to hit and I've waited mass. my entire life waiting for those, right? Yeah, right. But there's too many. Just too much. Yeah. They're oversaturating. Too much of a good thing, man. Right. So independent films, foreign films, that's where it's at right now, I think. Road Warrior. That was a good remake. That was a great remake. But with it does remake. Well, yeah, you're right. But they took something that I loved from back then. They did it maybe a little different, but I still liked it. So I'm saying it, it can be done. Are you it, saying like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Mad Max? or What was the, the newest one? Fury Road. Fury Road. You like Fury Road. That I did. That brought back that nostalgia. Yes. That brought me back some of the same feelings I had during Mad Max, where you see the big sweeping desert car scenes with actual effects and cars being wrecked, and they built like actual cars. Like when they cars. did those stunts, people, it looked like people really got yes. hurt. They, Somebody died making those right. movies. Right. So, yeah, right. So it can be done, I, I'm, but it's not that often, is all I'm saying. Can I say this, that uh, you can't trust somebody who doesn't like Fury Road? <clears throat> Dave. 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 <laughs> Dave. Mm. Right. Can't trust somebody. All right. Anyway, so... There we go, man. Okay, I got Locking my boob tube. I got a ton of stuff here, and I'm going to blaze through it because you covered about half of it. But I just I'm going to throw it out there, and you could tell me if you knew that or not, or if you even find it interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, and before I say that, I I, I want the one of the things I liked about the Dukes is I can I have really a hard time imagining these characters in any other role. I think they all really sunk into their role and nailed it. Like it's hard for me to picture Roscoe anybody but Roscoe. Uh, Bo is Bo. Daisy's Daisy, and that speaks highly. I think. Uh, oh, lot. you know, when I think about it, I think like um, I think of uh, Johnny Knoxville 
and yeah, Jesse yeah, is that, is that what you're thinking? Oh, of? So no, bad, dude. God, it was awful. Yeah, they, these people to me really nailed. They were perfect for where they were at at that time, and that's important. Yep, um, they did a great job. I noticed a lot of things watching this that I didn't realize shaped me into the man I am today from a child. But when I noticed their knives, you know, they have that leather um, pouch, the sheath for their pocket knives on their on their belts. Mm-hmm. That was one of the most important things in my childhood. I wanted that so bad. My parents got it for me, and that's all I cared about. I would go nowhere without it. I was completely attached to it, and I would get look at stores for other ones. That, for years and years and years of my life, having a knife on my belt in that sheath was like the most important. That was it. That was my the, my favorite thing in the world. Like I would sleep with it next to my bed, and I forgot, and because uh, it's been so long. But when I the minute I saw that, I was like, dude, that really was. That to me was my childhood. Was that you know, like I had just to have trying to emulate your heroes, right? Yeah, right. Uh, you know my love for Jeeps. I've had multiple Jeeps. I still drive a Jeep today, and some of that was Daisy's. Just Jeep. like Daisy Duke. Did. Some of that was Daisy's Jeep. I really liked <laughs> Daisy's Jeep, dude. I really did. <laughs> um, and I, we kind of touched on it, but Boss and Roscoe to me, comedy genius, dude. Their timing, their their back and forth. It's that's that's a comedy duo for. Uh, that doesn't get enough respect in my book. They were they did play well off awesome, each other. I agree. Awesome. And you kind of did touch on it, but they became quick friends during the show. And uh, towards the end of the show, the last few seasons, I read that they didn't even barely write their parts for them. They ad-libbed all that. They gave them the gist of it, and they just let them go with it because they were so good at what they did that they... I mean, dude, there were scenes on the on the previous one that I watched where they would kind of get mad at each other. They'd do their back and forth. They'd try to get out of a door at the same time. You know, they kind of bump Three Stooges style. And yep. the next thing you know, like Boss was wearing Roscoe's hat and vice versa, and he'd be like, "Give me my hat!" And I don't even, I don't even know when the hat changed. You know what I mean? It was just so good, dude. Physical and, um, physical and delivery and timing were just on point. Um, Smart the, guys too. Yep. The banjo. I own a banjo. The part of the reason I like a banjo is because of the Dukes of Hazard. To this you day, you play it. Uh, I can play the. I bought it just to play that. That's the only thing I can play. But the sound of the banjo. Okay, so you, you know how to play dueling banjos on the banjo? Yeah, just the beginning part, yeah. I'll play it for you one day. It's, cool. Uh, can with, we do it live on the, the show? Uh, yeah, I can make that happen for you, buddy. Uh, and I'll break out my uh, my Mesa Boogie triple rectifier, and I'll play mine on the show, too. We'll have a good time. You. Yeah, so I don't think I would even care about bluegrass music at all. I'm not a country fan, but I do like bluegrass, and I still listen to it, and I don't think I would even care about it at all if it wasn't for the Dukes of Hazard, because right away during the car chase scenes when the banjo kicks in, I instantly felt that same thing. Like, this is my childhood. This is what I liked. You know, I really mm-hmm. liked it. Uh, and I got a little cool tidbit here. This is actually kind of from Will. And I, I really wish Big Will wasn't feeling bad right now because he can do the best Roscoe P. Coltrane. Will can do impressions, <laughs> dude. I can't. Me and you, we suck. Will. I'd love to hear that. Dude, his Roscoe and his Barney the Dinosaur are Absolutely on point. You would not know that <laughs> you were not totally listening to Barney the Dinosaur. Like, into the spectrum, too. Yep. And I know you have this, too, but Will has that thing where, because I have a guitar here, Will has that thing where you could, he could just hear a commercial, pick up the guitar, and play the thing, like, by ear, wow. just pluck it out. He could play the cello, he could play the guitar. But he, we brought this up a little teeny bit in our Mind Race episode on the Confederate flag, and we had talked about the Duke's off air a bit about it because we like the show so much together and i think sledges would agree with this as well but the black actors in the dukes were always 
an FBI guy, uh, the neighboring sheriff was a black actor. They were never demeaning roles where they could have no. easily had a stable boy. They could have easily had black actors in roles that would have brought the show down a notch. And Will and uh, just for everybody that doesn't know Will and Sledge, they're both black dudes. Both of them really, really liked the Dukes of Hazard, and both kind of made mention to like black people were portrayed well in the Dukes of Hazard. I mean, you had your Jeffersons, uh, Good Times that were black shows. But this wasn't a black show, but it had prominent positive black role positive models. Black black role models correct. Yeah, right. Not even role models, just roles. Right. Good roles for them to play. Absolutely. And I did a little digging on it. And uh, after the first season, the producers uh, specifically required more black uh actors on the show and you got it for that time for that type of tv you didn't get that too much you got black and white like late 70s early 80s nobody cared about that so they were kind of forward thinking right absolutely so and and that that's a testament too because will and sludge are both big fans of the dukes and i think that's probably a reason for it dude i I you know you talked about it at length on the show i think it's a um it was a charade it they should have never taken away the show. They should have never taken away the model cars. It's not a racist symbol at all. Um, but what do I know? And right? we both we do both it. agreed with you, and everybody is out to their opinion. Yeah. But it was definitely it's for me and them a family show. Uh, yeah. I, I really think that there was good natured, and part of that, uh, and I, you touched on on Boss Hog on uh, you know him wearing a fat mm-hmm. suit and speaking languages. Did you also know that in his contract he said he required that he would do no drug dealing and no mm-hmm. killing on the show? Nope. Yes, yep. he never said, do any of that. He said it. He would. It would only do it if he could be a positive role model. Um, you may mention a this. Positive role model. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the, the, you're right. Not a positive role model. Hazard. But he but didn't yeah, want to dig to that. He's not going to get depth. his hands dirty in that way. His right. is going to be like comical, farcical crimes that right. are silly. Right, right. They wanted to be wholesome. They they wanted it to be for kids. Um, and you did touch on it, but the uh, Roscoe cuckoo sound that he that's a sound he made to his kids, and he uh, did that to lower the the scariness of the share of the bad quote quote bad guy sheriff to kids that watch the show. And I thought that was cool that both those dudes went out of their way to, to really make sure it was uh, family oriented. I thought that was awesome. Um, some of the other stuff I had. Oh yeah. The bow and arrow. So I know you remember it. Uh, a lot of guys remember they used a bow and arrow with the dynamite on it. Um, the Duke boys never used guns. Uh, sometimes Daisy would grab Roscoe's gun. But for the most part, they didn't. And the reasoning for that was because they were on probation for moonshine, which, just like you said earlier, led me to be like, well, like, I think dynamite's harder to get than guns if you're on probation. <laughs> what do I Can know? I say this, though? <laughs> um, did this come before Rambo? I'm pretty sure it did. Before oh, Rambo, with the dynamite arrow. Tipped oh, yeah. Bow and arrow. Dynamite arrow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <clears throat> it wasn't uh, dynamite. It was some sort of other explosive. Okay, and I only got a couple more tidbits here. Let me know if you knew about these already. Um, there were f- more than one walk-off on the show. Uh, obviously, Bo and Luke, they walked off. I think it was during season four. Contract dispute. They wanted more money. Uh, Daisy offered to go as well. Uh, they asked her to stay because they thought they asked everybody, everybody else to stay because right. they thought the show would end if right. they all left. Right. Um, uh, Cooter did a walk-off one season uh, because they were in a dispute whether he should have a beard or not. And he yeah, walked off. They wanted off. him to shave his beard. Right. Um, and apparently Roscoe had a walk-off one season because of a, of a dressing room dispute, which is kind of weird to me. Weird, but, man. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I'm getting down to the nitty-gritty now. Uh, I'll use this as kind of a half-assed trivia question. There were only two characters not related by blood or marriage on the show. Do you know them? Um, Cooter? Yep. And Enos. You're right. Cooter and Enos. Everybody else was was related in some way, marriage or um, 
Boss Hogg was brother-in-law to Roscoe because right. Boss Hogg was married to Roscoe's sister. Right. Who apparently was very portly. Didn't they show right, her in a couple of episodes? Did. Yeah, she was awesome. Really good actress too, man. She always yep. would like yell and scream. Just what you expect from that, you know. Um, of course. I got two more for you. Okay, I have the last, the lost balladeer lines from the end of the song that they never play. Okay. Uh, Do you have the recording or just the uh, text? I don't even know that it is recording. I just wrote down the text. I, I don't know that it was recorded at all. But the last line would have been, I'm a good old boy. You know my mama loves me, but she didn't understand. They keep showing my, ha- my hand and not my face on TV. And that's alluding <laughs> to the fact that on Waylon Jennings, they always showed his. You know my mama loves me, though they keep showing my hands and not my face on live TV. I don't know. I'm just be- trying to see how that would work in the show. Better than a recording, if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that, that was kind of cool, I thought, because, you know, they, if you've watched the show, they, you, they always close up on his hands playing the guitar. Um, mm-hmm. But they never show his face, the balladeer. And here's my favorite, oh, this is my favorite, like, little piece of trivia. Did you know, I hope you didn't, did you know there was a crossover episode with Alice and the Dukes of Hazard? No. Dude, get this. It is... Season 8, Episode 1 of Alice. And if you remember Alice, it was Mel's Diner, right? Yep. The season, the episode is called Mel is Hogtied. And apparently Boss Hog goes to Mel's Diner and tries to buy Mel's Diner. And that's that's in Alice crossover. Wow. I had no yeah, clue I'd that existed. That. Yeah, I had no clue. Um, and I think Did that would be you know they had a spinoff in this show as well? The old Enos. I watched it. Yep. Did you really? Was it good? No. So it was Enos went to the big city and it was kind of that thing of like, okay, he's going to solve crimes using the the non-big city traditional way. So basically way. like the uh, Briar Gates right. uh, version of police work. Right, dude. And uh, he would wear a suit, which was weird because you're not used to seeing Enos wear a suit. And I remember that Daisy went with him. She was in a ton of the shows. So Enos and Daisy were in it. And they would have walk-ons. I think Sheriff Roscoe was in one or two of them. But um, it wasn't a good show. It didn't pan out. Didn't it, it, uh, Just to say what we talked about earlier, wasn't his partner a black guy too? <sighs> Ooh, it might have been. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, yeah, that was, that was almost all that I had. Uh, and a, a little sad note on that, I just noticed that when I was doing the – research on the Mel's Diner episode that the lady that played Vera, she just passed away about a week ago. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. She was great. Yeah, they were all great, man. Flo, I used to grits. watch that show like crazy, man. Yeah, I was with it too, man. I dug it. Yep. All right, I think that's all I had. Did you have anything else on that? Not at all, man. Thanks. Should double check. Yeah, that was a good one, dude. Good discussion portion is over. Okay. Um, what do I have? Give me your... Let's get into the fun stuff. Give me your favorite part of the show. I'm going to say the cheese. It was basically my childhood memory string cheese that I ate up so fast that I was constipated forever. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's good, buddy. That's good. My favorite part of the show was mm. hearing the Dixie horn for the first time, which we talked about after that commercial little bumper thing. And mm-hmm. the minute you hear that Dixie horn, dude, I was just like, I wanted to kind of cheer and just be like, yeah, dude, the car jumping with the horn blast. And I was like, man, I'm a kid again, dude. That was just awesome. Yep. It was it. great, man. Uh, least favorite. I'm going to say the lack of Daisy Duke swimsuit scenes. Mm. Yeah. You only got that she, in the credits, huh? Right in the credits. But man, yeah. she was stunning. She was. Wow. Dude killer and i did you catch that she was in this one it's later season she had aged a bit during this season i kind of caught the the extra makeup that, that i didn't notice oh yeah but on. yeah she's still, still stunning absolutely, absolutely, man. She's still gorgeous. absolutely beautiful um my least favorite was them gd laser beam eyes that drove me crazy dude like, <laughs> god man why <sighs> why the superman saran wrap is oh god laser um, power yeah can we make that like when we see that in movies can we just reference the 
the Superman saran wrap from now on. I say we say the veiny wiener le- laser. <laughs> okay. Veiny right. wiener laser beams. Right. That could be a band name. Not bad. Oh, that's our next shirt. Okay. We got info <laughs> on shirts coming up, fellas. Laser beam. <laughs> uh, Unique star rating. Okay, I'm going to have to prepare for this one. Um, <clears throat> this may hurt a little bit. Um, okay, I, w- I want to give this episode five. Q, Q, Q out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is a pretty good Roscoe, man. <laughs> you got nothing on Will, though. Will's got it knocked out, dude. I know, man. Yeah, I, I know. He's going to kill it. Dude, that it's Barney. Awesome. That Barney, dude. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> dude, dead on. You would not know you're not watching, I'm telling you. All right. All right. Uh, Can't wait to hear it, man. What was I at? Unique star rating. Oh, I got 17 out of an estimated 309 Dodge Chargers used on the show because that is all that is estimated left. They, the, apparently, the 309 Dodge Chargers were ruined, and there's about 17, and I think John Schneider does own a, a fair chunk of those. You're saying production from the show, not just in general, but from that right. show. From what I read, they had a few that were kind of like the nice ones that they used for the town shots. They had multiple nice cars, but the ones that they wrecked were ones they were just buying as many as they could just, just to wreck them. Like literally like going going up to people who had a 1969 yep. Dodge Charger and like, I'll pay cash for Again, it right now. Again, pre-internet, dude. They were scouring uh, one ads and they were just going out and getting any any anybody that drove by them, they would offer them money for it. And I was hoping when I had that 64 Impala, I was hoping that when they were filming that uh, that new uh, NWA movie that, like, someone would drive by me and offer me money for it. No one ever did, dude. <laughs> nothing. I got Never nothing, happened. dude. Nothing. All right. Life lesson learned. I'm going to say there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that a good car chase can't fix except maybe the front end damage to a 1969 Dodge Nice. Driver. Good, dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got, if you're talking to someone who doesn't speak English, English, just talk slow and loud because apparently they'll understand you like the alien did for some reason. And in many other movies too. We're going to have to start calling that out as well. Schlockernaut protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. Before we get to this, um, what was the movie with John Cusack? Um, Better off dead. Remember when the lady next door had the uh, French exchange student? V- vaguely. This is Ricky. <laughs> or uh, what about a uh, Long Duck Dong from Sixteen Candles, dude? <laughs> right. <laughs> they just talk real loud and slow. <laughs> slow, Ricky. <laughs> All right, okay. go ahead. Who's first? Me. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, easy <clears throat> question. What was Roscoe's dog named? Flash. Boom. Uh, what were Bo and Luke's full first names? Beauregard and Lucas. Correct. Yeah, that's a tough question, man. All right, um, medium. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, this is easy. What are the names of Bo and Luke's cousins who take over in season five due to contract dispute? Coin Vance. Right, and I did a little digging on that. Apparently, there was like they almost kept them on the show when Bo and Luke came back, and apparently, Bo and Luke like really liked those guys, like as actors. No animosity, yeah, yeah no none. animosity towards those dudes at right. all. Yeah, it was kind of like, hey, look, if they hadn't come back to save the show, there would have been no show to right? come back to. Right. So, I guess they figured there was like down. too many Dukes on the show at that point, but uh, yeah, apparently the, those dudes there was no ill will at all, and they were cool to go. So that was good for them. Cool, right. man. Go ahead. Uh, when Bo and Luke come back from the Coy and Vance debacle, where had they been? On the NASCAR racing circuit. Very good. Dude, we got the Coy and Vance locked up, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. We did some homework. We did. Um, hard. What was Alf's real name? Gordon Melmac? Nope. 
Want to try again? Where does Alf have anything to do with this, though? This is really not fair. Because there's an alien in this? Duh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <clears throat> it's Mel... He's a, he was a Mel Mackian, right? He's from Mel Mack, correct. Yeah. You were close, dude. Gordon Shumway. There you go. You got it, Gordon Bam. Shumway. Nice, man. Good one, dude. Man, and I did not look that up. I swear to God. I just cool. I remember he's from Mel, Mel Mack, even Mel Mackian, Gordon Shumway. Like, was okay. that, the ALF cartoon was almost better than the ALF show, wasn't it? Yeah, they're really good. Okay. It was almost like I'd rather watch the WWE cartoon than watch actual fake wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm from the South, and I actually enjoyed it as a kid, but I loved that cartoon, man, with Captain Lou Albano. And didn't have Animal and Hawk from the uh, Road Warriors on there and stuff. Ah, dude, yeah. We're going to have to dig some of that up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. All right. uh, Can you do... A good shitting gold fixins quote with a good southern accent. Oh my god! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> How about this? <clears throat> oh, we're shitting gold. <laughs> How's that, dude? Uh, the most important part. Uh, it was a two-part question. Uh, shitting gold with the, the fixins. Fix- with all the fixins. <laughs> nice one, dude. Good call. Back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it to you, buddy. <laughs> That's a point. All right, give me your crappy backhand compliment then. Okay. Uh, good news, Steve, is you have a face for podcasting. Oh, nice. All right, <laughs> Doc must be a banana because I find him appealing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get those off like uh, popsicle sticks and shit now. <laughs> it's getting bad. <laughs> Don't uh, even care anymore. That's, that's exactly what they're meant to be, though. Thank you. Right, uh, Thank you for that. And I'm almost out of the pre recorded ones, dude, so I'm going to have to start live reading them. Cool. All right. Uh, so you sound just as happy as me. Schlock or not? Schlock. I put total schlock TV. Absolutely, dude. Yep. So schlock. going forward on the special Vicious. boob tube episodes, I think what we're going to keep doing is finding those those one-offs that, that uh, just like went so far out there. Uh, these are going to be fun, man. I'm hoping we hit. Like the uh, uh, Punky Brewster rape episode. The Punky Brewster rape. You know, I'm still pushing for the Dudley and the bike store owner episode no one's reviewing have that have you boys ever skinny dip before <laughs> you never had wine what <laughs> and then the inappropriate laugh track <laughs> hey and then arnold pretty much just pieces dudley out <laughs> dudley's got his shirt off they're taking pictures he's like i'm out of here <laughs> dudley, dudley will do that for five dollars <laughs> uh, dudley dude all right uh but you got a doc flick pick for me um since we're doing television i'm gonna go ahead and say police squad uh it oh, was basically yeah. the precursor for the naked gun movies uh, created by the Zucker Brothers and Jim Abrahams. Um, there's only six episodes, but I'm going to say probably a million jokes in those episodes. Dude, Easily. Fast and Furious, th- that is some they, good stuff right from there. The, from the first second it comes on the screen to the second it leaves, there's just nothing but jokes. Yep. And it's hilarious. I love it, dude. Good stuff there. Um, I watched another one with my kid streaming on netflix i believe yes yeah, currently streaming on netflix it was hotel transylvania part two i don't even remember seeing one so i couldn't tell you if it was good or bad but two was entertaining it's got a huge big adam sandler cast andy sandberg selena gomez and like a million other you know Buscemi, all the dudes that's always in the adam sandler movies um it's it's a cartoon that you can definitely i could definitely tolerate with michael and he liked it too so cool have you seen sounds it? good yeah of course is it all right with you, or did, love you it. did you hate it or did you like it no no i dude i'm not an adam sandler hater um, I don't know why people are so angry at that dude for making movies that have a formula per se and make money. Um, but dude, some of his earlier stuff, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, they were classics, bro. Right. So yeah. okay, 
Good. I'm glad I'm not alone in that then. Um, and if you want to look up anything that we've watched or we are going to watch, we are using justwatch.com if that helps. Next yep. episode, we are doing 1983's Sleepaway Camp, which I have never seen and Doc has seen, correct? You still haven't seen it, right? No, I haven't. And you haven't researched it I at all? I have done no research whatsoever. Just just go straight into it blind. That's you exactly what me. Pete told me, so there must be something to that. And I, okay. Is this something I should make Lynn watch? Is this down, would she be down with it? Yeah, I think that she would have a good time with that ending. Okay. Yeah, good. I really think it's very empowering. So, okay. yeah. Now, when I, when I typed this up, this was not currently streaming free anywhere, but it was available for purchase or rent from like everywhere, iTunes, Amazon, you name it, for $1.99 or something. I'm sure Redbox, uh, Am, uh, Netflix DVD, if you have that. So it is, yep. you can find it. Um, absolutely and I got I think they have the uncensored version on YouTube as well while I was uh, I got a special email that is of course my new favorite email I'm going to pull that up did you want to talk anything about the um, floating flag from conjoined because you did get clarification oh yeah so I did speak uh, did get confirmation from uh, director Joe Grisafi and the floating flag was basically placed there um, because I guess Deidre Levy wasn't that her name I believe that was her yes. name. Yeah. Um, she had a tattoo of, of some sort that I guess was a copyrighted image. So if he had shown that he without uh, previous approval from the company, um, they could have got them into some legal trouble. So he literally said that he put that flag up there to cover her ass and his, nice. his ass, which I thought was genius. Yeah, that's a good joke. So, yep. and I think I joked on the show and was like, what is it, like a monster energy drink logo or something? So I was kind of right, right, when I joked about you it? Were. Okay, cool. So yeah, sure. absolutely. All right, good, because this email also says I'm right, and this is in regards to... I'm just going to go outside real fast and go... Uh, Dude, I'll just play clips else. of you laughing, back. like you're laughing. Uh, this is great. My second favorite email, or maybe tied for first with uh, the Popco email, but I had Doc do an East Coast accent. Uh, he did a Chicago accent. And then Doc yelled at me and said that Chicago's on the East Coast. Here is our email. Dear Doc and Steve, just wanted to clear up any questions about the location of Chicago, Illinois. It is, in fact, not a coastal state, taking it out of the qualification of an East Coast accent. Doc must have received his geography education from a subpar trade school in the sticks. Love the show. Keep up the good work. And that is from Captain Sound Patrol, who is my new hero and most favorite person. Uh, Doc, anything to say to that, buddy? Here, how about this? Oh, where's my dock lines? <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd like that. What else do we got here? I got a new mission statement from... Nobody cares. Oh, you're back? Okay. No, I'm back, yeah. I was just throwing a pity party. I'm back, though. I got a new mission statement. Good point, Captain Sand Patrol. Thank you, Captain Sand Patrol. Asshole. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. This is good. You're going to love this, dude. I don't know if you've heard this or not. And here we go. Well, those old schlock knots... They're our friends, traveling with us to the edge of the cinematic universe on a rock ship fueled by American muscle and beautiful brunettes. Yes! Dude, is that great? Absolutely! That's great, right? Yes! Yeah, that's a great one, Thank dude. you so, so much. Yeah, that's a good mission statement, and that's so perfect for the show. I like uh, when people send in like pre-mission statements that are based on the show. Uh, and Show-specific. And our buddy Pete also sent one in, so I'm, I'm glad that we're getting more than one. This is awesome. Here we go is Pete. Slockernauts are our friends traveling with us to the edge of the cinematic universe in a rocket ship fueled by Daisy Dukes and Rebel Flags. Yeah. There we go, Pete. Way to go, guys. The first one was Jeff, right? Yes, Absolutely Jeff. Jeff, 100%. So, 
And yeah. so his uh, his accent is authentic in that. That really? was not like a, no, that was not trying to. Well, maybe he rednecked it up a little bit, but I mean, he's from the South, so really I thought good he, friend of mine. Dude, I thought he was doing my best friend. A, a, uh, an Uncle Jesse, so that's even better, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> it sounded great, man. Yeah, that is great, man. Those, those are Thank both great. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks Thank for your you. service, Pete. Those were both great. I also remember last show where I accidentally played Pete's outtake instead of the real one. Are we going to do that again? I made a montage of a bunch of his outtakes. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> it's not that long, so enjoy this. <laughs> Slock knots are our friends traveling with us to the edge of the cinematic universe in a rocket ship fueled with by... Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Schlockernauts are our friends traveling with us from the edge of the cinematic universe in a rocket ship fueled with... Why do I keep saying with? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Schlockernauts are our friends traveling with us... The, to the edge. God damn it. Now I can't talk. I hate you, Steve. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? <laughs> ah, thanks, Pete. <laughs> Thank you for service, buddy. Thank you very much. Those are awesome. <laughs> all right. And those... Ooh, hold on. Thanks, check this guys. Out. Check this out, man. So those are all today's show's clips are brought to you by our brand new soundboard, which has been completely funded by our Patreon account and our um, loving supporters on Patreon. Uh now Couldn't I can do, do without you guys. could not do it without you guys, and now I can do things like this. Uh, 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 which I could not have done that. There would have been no way I could have done that previously. <laughs> so now I have that. And this. Is this poop? Some of my favorite doc clips. <laughs> at, just at the touch of my fingers. I'm glad I make it make you happy. Isn't that great, man? Like even old shows, <laughs> I can just I'm gonna get my applesauce back. I could just pop them now, bro. There's no loading them up, no no dumb stuff going on there. All right, let's there. give something from you, though. Let's hear some, one of your faults. Those are never funny. <laughs> ah, sex. All right, thank you, Patreon supporters and uh, yes. all the, uh, our friends out there. We really appreciate yeah, it. Hope you enjoyed the show. Totally awesome. Uh, more good news. We put up our first T-shirt. Uh, and I have a link to it. I believe, yes, it's already on our website on steve52.com at the bottom. If you want to buy, we've put up our first t-shirt is based on this. Are you the boys from the Burbank Karate Club? In the flesh. A little raw That's force right. action. Uh, In the flesh. There is now a Burbank Karate Club t-shirt up for sale. It is totally awesome. It looks horrible. It looks like an old 80s iron-on uh, bad t-shirt, which is exactly what I wanted. I'm excited to do shirts, and we're going to do more shirts based on some of the little quips we've said during the shows we got some big trouble little china shirts on on the way nothing or double baby got some nothing or double got some urban free flow gang ideas going on here Uh, i think what i'm going to do is post the shirts up around showtime because when i put a shirt up it's on sale 30 percent off for the first 72 hours the first three days if you go to the website steve52.com you click on the bottom where it says buy a shirt you can follow that link and it will email you when a new shirt is posted and we're only going to put a new shirt up once every couple months this is you're not going to get spammed it's going to be a few times a year um, but by having that link and getting that email you'll be able to get shirts for 14 bucks for the first three days um, after that all shirts are 20 dollars, and that's site-wide it's every shirt on their site is 20. are you done talking about the business stuff now can we get back to fun stuff uh, how about our how about our sponsor? Is that business? That is business, but that's important business. We have an actual real sponsor. Uh, we have a little jingle that we're working on, and I figured I'd give you guys just a little sample of the jingle. There's no music behind it yet, and you could kind of see how it evolves over time, but Sledge was nice enough, and my wife was nice enough to work on this. 
Okay, just about done, and she's still asleep. Nice. Quiet mouse, and you want the best? Try F L I D E R S. Flyers, the original slippers for your mouse. Available on Amazon, eBay, and Flyers.com. So that's in progress, and hopefully it'll get tighter as we go, and we'll get some little jingle music back there. But uh, Flyers, F L I D E R S dot com. If you use the promo code Schlock S C H L O C K, you will get free shipping on anything. And I think we're his only. Uh, I think we're that's his great. only promo code. So. Uh, Promo code SLOCK, free shipping on flighters. Uh, and I believe that was all for the business. So thank some people for me, Doc, while I pull up some clips. I'm going to thank uh, one of our Schlockernauts, Clayton in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, I guess he's a regular listener, and his two favorite movies are Candyman and Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead, which I think are like two absolutely uh, different ends of the spectrum, but Very. I'd love to do Poultry Guys or Candyman at one, at one point on the show, so... Uh, be listening for that, Clayton. So we really appreciate you listening to the show, and thank you. Um, I want to thank Will. Get better soon, buddy. Uh, King Sledge, Jeff and Christine, Jeff in Tennessee, Gene, Dave, Aaron at Ghost Tattoo, and you, Steve. Muchos gracias for everything. Thank you so much. I got the same stuff. Gene, Track Cash, King Sledge, Aaron at Ghost Tattoo, uh, my man Richard for supporting the show. You can contact us at schlockernot at gmail.com or on Twitter at theschlockernot five-star reviews on iTunes. And if you want to be like one of these other cool cats, you can become a supporter at patreon.com slash steve52 or via the website steve52.com. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Take care. Well, it looks like this boob tube thing went over slicker than snot on a goat's glass eye. Stay tuned to see how these schlockernot boys handle the next pickle. Freaking pickle handlers.